Cherry Pop Horror. Hello, 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 and welcome to Cherry Pop Horror, the horror movie podcast where it's always someone's first time. I'm Jacob, and in this show we tackle all things horror, be they your classic slashes, gore fests, monster flicks, kids horror, animated, basically, if it's got enough horror themes to it, we'll give it a watch. If you've seen the movie before, just sit back and relax. If not, don't worry, we're going to be running through the plot, talking about what we liked, what we didn't like, and just generally having a good laugh. If you'd like to get in on the discussion, send us an email, cherrypophorror at gmail.com. That's all one word. All right, here we go. I feel the icy breath of death upon my neck. Beware the ground on which you stand. Wendy! I'm The floor is quicker than the sand. She's doing the wrong stand what you're dealing with, Steve. I'm learning. Perfect. All goes Bird! They're under the ground! They're under... The species were fundamentally insane. Can I speak to Annabelle? More two of us in a room with big sides and start dreaming up reasons to kill one another. I'm sorry? the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. When it came out, I was lucky enough to have such supportive parents. They spread the word and a few weeks later I received an email from my grandparents saying how proud they were. We can think of our modern times as more open, more accepting, and in a, lo- and in a lot of ways that's true. But in a lot of ways, there's so much more work to be done. My experience is far from the norm and far from perfect. I've been spat at, kicked by passerbys on the street. I've been screamed at by strangers, called an abomination and affront to God, and lost people I thought would be in my life for always. And the strangest part of all of it is they think it's a choice, when really the choice is whether or not to love the people around you. And sadly, there's still too many people who choose conflict over truth. Hello, Dylan, and welcome back to Cherry Pop Horror. What is your favourite gender normative cliche? It has to be women can't drive. Oh, really? Oh, my God. It's so funny. Because when you think about it, like, insurance rates are cheaper for women. Um, Like, among the majority of the crashes that happen, men are driving. Like, men are so obviously terrible drivers, and yet the pervasive thing is women can't drive for shit. Oh, that's an interesting one. I didn't thought about that. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's probably true. (laughs) As as a car guy and like someone who loves driving and like car stuff, I'm like, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not good with my car. My partner's worse with his car, so yeah. No, Does he, he know how to pop the bonnet? Because I have had a... (laughs) Okay, not that bad, but he has gone through like four cars since moving up here and has only been here like two, two, three years, two, three years. Is that from crashing them? Yes. Oh. <laughs> he's to- I think he's like he's on his like fourth car and oh I think God. he's totaled at least two or like oh damaged no. them so much that it's not worth getting them repaired and it's better to just buy a new oh one. Oh boy. <laughs> See, I go through cars real quick, but that's because I have a talent for buying lemons. Oh. My cars always suck. <laughs> <laughs> that's awful. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite gender normative uh, cliche is that um, uh, men don't cry. Ah, yes. That's my favourite. A solid stone gold classic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, men don't have feelings, aren't no. allowed to have feelings. No, of course not. If if you cry, you are a weak man. Yeah. And that... Yeah. That's my favourite one. 
<laughs> so talking about, I think I think we've, we're the perfect couple to talk about this. Absolutely. Because uh, I myself and uh, am a gay man and Dylan. I am a non-binary lesbian. Thank you. I am the they them. Yes, I think we. <laughs> I've been teetering. I need to do more research, but I think I'm. I may be gender fluid as well. Oh yeah. But I need to do more research into like the details of nah. that. No, you don't need to do research. Just try okay. it out and see if it fits. Okay. <laughs> Just personally, I'm like, research, I have days where I feel like really feminine, and then yeah. other days where I feel a lot more masculine. If you try to research it, you're going to end up with analysis paralysis, and oh, yeah. be like, just like, I but don't... I don't fit this exact label, and then that's oh. not how it works. Like, you just do whatever feels right for you. But research makes me feel safe. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> But yeah, you I can think have a little research is a treat. A little, oh, stop it! <laughs> so yeah, I think I think we're we're pretty much um, qualified for this movie because oh, this yes. week it was both of our first time watching 2022. They them. Oh God. <laughs> Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I'm guessing that some of you, you're not happy. Maybe you don't fit in. People make fun of you. Well, I can't make you straight, but you give us this week and we might be able to help. Boys cabin over there, girls cabin over there. I use they them pronouns, as in they can't believe they're at this camp. I have zero interest in not being gay. There's no judgments in this room. Sometimes I wish I was invisible. I would understand it a lot more if there was Bible thumping and queer bashing. Do you even believe in any of this? Come in, please. Do you think your parents are disappointed in you? Sometimes. So what do you do? You try to make yourself special. You become they. Today, we're going to be exploring traditional gender roles. Look how long they've been doing this. It's time to play. This could get a lot worse. Where's my killer? We need to get out of here. Taste. Just enjoy the sunshine and work on your tan. <laughs> so we get to start with the Blumhouse logo. And I think this is the first time I've seen this particular logo because it, I was just like, damn, Blumhouse owns so many like horror franchises. We had, yep. was it like Friday the 13th, um, Insidious, The Purge, The Shining, and there was just like a whole list of them. Yeah. And I was just like, damn, Blumhouse owns all of these. <laughs> and they're very hit and miss, anyway. <laughs> yes, yes, they are. <laughs> Um, there's talk about isolation in the woods. We see a car driving. Um, it's like a bird's eye view, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Like a real high up bird's mm-hmm. eye view. You just see a car and it makes you feel really isolated because it's just this tiny little blip of light going along the road. Uh, it's the middle of the night and she's listening to some sort of audio book um, talking about, you know, the woods and how things die there. It's all very melodramatic. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, yeah, it's, it, I basically put it sounds like a campfire story, and then we see the person inside the in the in the car. It looks like a middle aged woman. 
sixties, maybe fifties. I think 60s. we want to say a middle-aged lesbian, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> but like honestly, the second she showed up, I was like, "Yep." <laughs> but but not anymore, probably because mm, when probably. we when we find out who they are, yes, or they were true, yes. Indeed. They're probably not anymore. But um, this woman is driving in her car. She's listening to an audio book, um, some sort of scary story, and she turns it off because um, it gets too violent or something like it that. It just starts, the second it starts talking about corpses, she's like, nope. Yeah, she's like, nope, none of that. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I was enjoying that. Yeah, it's just getting good. And then the tires on her car pop, and she skids to a stop. Um, they get out of the car. She has a look down the road to see what she hit. And there are spikes laid, like it's a spike trap, like yep. the police use. And yet only one of the tires is flat. Oh, I hadn't noticed that. Did you also notice that there was a backpack underneath the car? What? When she got out of the car the first time, <laughs> it was the first thing I noticed. There's like this white backpack underneath the car, like behind the front left wheel. I was sitting there going, what is that? Is that intentional? And I kept watching. No. It's Someone just, just left their shit under the car while they were like, filming. It's like one of the makeup people. It's like, really obvious. One of the lighting guys has just left his bag yeah, there. It's a white bag and it's a dark scene. So my like attention just zeroed in on it. I did not notice. So that was a clue. At all. <laughs> oh my God. I can't believe you picked that up. That's so good. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a puncture strip that's been um, sort of strewn across the road, specifically designed to pop car tires. Um, they head back to their car, panicked, um, but they're distracted by a rustling in the trees that mm-hmm. stops them. Um, so they turn to the side. Instead of getting in the fucking car, you know, let's stare at the potential yeah. danger. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of getting it's to safety. <laughs> so many things about the scene, I was like, why? <laughs> But it's not a bad opening, I thought. I quite enjoyed it. I mean, it was very cliche, but... Yeah. (laughs) It's an opening I've seen in, like, 400 other slasher movies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she turns, a deer comes out of the woods. That was what was rustling the trees. An amazingly bad CGI deer. Let's just throw that in there. It was awful. It wasn't great. Just use a real fucking deer for Christmas. Just Just get, get a deer wrangler. It'll probably be cheap. Cheaper than the CGI. Oh, I don't know, because CGI studios aren't union, you see. That's why they use them for everything. Um, yeah, but you don't always get good results. They Case in point. as long as it's cheap. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> and I feel like this movie wasn't made with that much care and attention. That's putting it lightly. <laughs> yep. Uh, the deer runs off. Um, oh, yeah, we see while she's staring at the deer, we see sort of a figure, a hooded figure behind mm-hmm. her with a very pale face. I thought that part was very funny because, like, and then the figure disappears, right? So it's like, oh, the stag is an ally. The stag is protecting her. <laughs> Stag's like, yo, yo, get out. <laughs> should have listened to the stag, man. Yeah, should have listened to that damn stag. Um, so the deer runs off. Um, the woman gets into her car and... I, I, I was making bets. I was like, I bet they're in the car. I bet they're in the back seat. I thought they were in the back seat. Yeah, yeah. you were. You were. Yeah. Yeah. I was hankering for that. I was like, yeah, go on, just, yeah. just do you a little. Leave the car unlocked, you know. Yeah, and the door open. And the door open. Like you're just begging for someone to crawl in there and murder you while you drive. Yeah. Like, come on. If the killer wasn't in the back seat, then they're just not trying hard enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they weren't. And they weren't. Yeah. <laughs> so they weren't trying hard enough. No. Uh, we we hear a scratching from out. Uh, from outside of the car mm-hmm. and this fucking set my teeth off I don't know about you the metal on metal screech no that's something and my teeth went 
Oh. No. No? I was only half awake when I was watching it at that point, though, so I might not have noticed it that much. <laughs> That's fair. Um, the woman presses on her brakes because uh, she thinks that she sort of sees something in the rearview mirror, I think. She sees, like, movement in the rearview mi- mirror. Yeah. And then presses on the brake, which obviously turns on the brake lights, which illuminates what's behind the car, and it's the figure stood at the back of the car. Holding an axe. Holding an axe. Yeah. Not at all cliche. Not not at all. Love it. Yeah. Um, the figure breaks into the car and beats the woman to death with what I thought was a pipe, but it's probably an axe. Presumably. Presumably. It would be funny if it was a pipe, though. It would be great if every time you saw this killer again, even if it's in the same scene, just a different shot, they had a different weapon. I think they... It would be... They almost do. Yeah. (laughs) But wouldn't it be great? Like, What I found really funny, though, is that, like, she goes to turn the car on and it won't start. Like, the tyre's popped. The engine's fine. It's just the tyre's. What are you talking about? I was not paying attention to that because I'm not a car person. I'm a car guy. And also, like, I couldn't stop laughing when it had, like, the really dramatic shot of her foot going for the brake. I was like, what is happening here? Like, when she wanted to use the brakes to light up what was behind the car. Yeah. But, like, my foot would be on that accelerator. I would be John Burger. You would not see me ever again. <laughs> that, yeah. No, that's right. Like, flat tire or no flat tire. You're it's driving off. one flat tire. The other three are fine. You could get out of there. Yeah. You can definitely get out of there. You'll do a bit of swerving, but yeah, you'll be fine. it'll be fine. I have driven from, like, Auckland to Waihee with a flat tire. It's fine. I drove a moped with a flat tire. That's more impressive. Those things only have two tires. That's yeah. <laughs> half the time. I had to go like 10 kilometers an hour, but I didn't, goddammit. Apparently it's better if you go faster. Oh, really? Yeah, it's better for the tires if you go faster. If you drive real slow, I think it's because the momentum sort of keeps it up a little bit. Oh, so, I like, see. So if you go real slow, it's like the, the metal on the wheel is like mm. on the inside of the tire, I think. I got told off for the tire place for driving slowly with a flat tire. Oh, okay. Oh, because it starts to bend, bend, bend the fender. Bend the fender. Not the fender. I'm using the wrong word. Yeah, I think you are. <laughs> the axle. The, the, uh, that makes more sense. The gear shift. Yeah, um, not the gear shift. Like, <laughs> stop. Stop before you hurt yourself I'm like, and I end up embarrassed. <laughs> how many car parts can I name? Um, uh, the, the, the brakes. Um, um, we basically, yeah, so we, we have our first opening kill. I didn't think it was bad. I didn't think it was great. It was... It was acceptable. Mid. It was acceptable. Yeah. It was like a passing grade. It's a C. Yeah, C's get degrees. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're passing at this yeah, point in the movie. Yeah. Uh, the camera pans up to reveal several buildings in some sort of complex um, in the woods. Like, it's sort of buried in there. Like, you mm. can't really see where the entrance or exit out of that place is. Very encouraging. Yes. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we, cut, we cut to the camp sign, which says, Whistles Camp is now daytime. And it has uh, its little motto inscribed underneath. Respect, renew, rejoice. I hate this. It's the worst. My next little paragraph is literally just me fucking ranting about this fucking sign. Because I already <laughs> I already knew this movie was about you know, convert. I mean we, we both did. We knew it was about conversion oh, camps, yes. but not really much else. Yes. As I'd already knew the, the premise of the conversion camp, so this sign makes me feel quite sick. <laughs> Respect. Expected of the, of the prisoners, not the counsellors, no doubt. Renew because you're broken the way you are now. And rejoice for traditional religious undertones. Yes. <laughs> Hooray. I have to say, I didn't get the um, sort of religious trauma 
as badly with this as I did with, say, Fair Street. Have you seen the Fair Street movies? I have not seen the Fair Street movies, no. I've got to watch the Fair Street movies. Oh, really? They're really, really good, but the third one is very difficult to watch. Why? For me, personally. I don't think Bronwyn had the same issue. Oh, yeah. Um, but because it's very um, religious lynch mob because of gay teenagers. Oh. Oh, dear. Yeah. That doesn't sound great. And I was expecting to have that kind of ick with this movie. Mm. Thankfully, I didn't. Because <laughs> that was hard. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Um, a bus arrives at the camp. Several young adults or teens get out. I'm not really sure. I think they're teenagers. I think right? they're supposed to be supposed like to... college age, like uni age. Oh, like 18, 19. That yeah, sort of age. I think so. That makes more sense. Yeah. So it's because, like, they don't look 16, but... Yeah, because Stu's talking about getting a scholarship mm. for swimming. <clears throat> and um, who else was there? Um, oh, we find out one of them later on is in college. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and Jordan's talking about the future as well. But Jordan's whole motivation is being emancipated. And yeah. after you're 18, you're no longer contractually obliged to your parents anyway, right? I think it's a... it's a um, Just a, a legal... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, it's, it's not... It's not so that they have, like, their own agency. It's to, like, emotionally detach yeah. from the parents. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think that's I th- more what that's about. Okay, cool. Yeah, anyway, so young adults, teens, 18, 19-ish, mm-hmm. that sort of age, step out, and we get title card. They, them. <gasps> I, I, can't, I can never see that and not laugh. Because, of course, it's a horror movie. Yeah. It was like, they slash them. Like, it's just like, I imagine this is what, like, conservatives imagine every single time they're faced with, like, a queer person. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, I don't, I just, I, it just tickles me. It tickles I love me. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's fair. Uh, we see four councillors sitting on the steps of what looks like the main building. I'm not sure, like the geography of this place. Like, I it's had a real, clear. I had a yeah. real hard time like figuring out where yeah. each building actually was. It's a great movie, though. Um, I think it's the main building that has like it's like the mess hall or something. Yeah, I think yeah. it's got the mess hall, and I think it's got like Owen's office and stuff. Yeah. Owen, who's the leader? Did you, yeah, I didn't remember any names. I made nicknames up for everybody. I had I to remember names. I had to keep IMDb open on the side. <laughs> yes, yeah, as I was making notes as well, because uh, a like when when everyone gets off of the bus, there's like thirty kids, and I was like, oh god, am I going to have to remember all of these people's names? It's not going to happen. And then the like five or six counselors as well, but I think we only actually like interact with six. One of my main gripes is that there's a whole host of unnamed background characters. Yes. And, like, this is a horror movie. Why do you have so many extras? It doesn't make... Like, especially because it's a conversion <clears throat> camp. It doesn't need to feel like an actual summer camp with, like, heaps of people there. Yeah. It's only going to be a handful of people. Yeah. Maybe, like, half, half a dozen. Yeah. Half a dozen characters we could get to know really well. Like, they were literally pointless. <laughs> yeah. It's not like they were, like, cannon fodder, fodder to be murdered I or anything like that. I expected them to be cannon fodder. Because you see, like, red shirt guy, and you're like, okay, yeah, you're going to get murdered yeah. soon. <laughs> and that just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. But we meet, we meet our, our lovely counsellors, four of them sat outside the building, uh, waiting for the fifth one, who's clearly the leader, to step out. And <gasps> it's Kevin Bacon. K-Bake himself. <laughs> Kevin Bacon. Oh, I love you, Kevin. Couldn't remember his name, just referred to him as K-Bake the entire way through. K-Bake. It's the guy from Tremors. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite horror movie. <laughs> 
I actually really like Tremors. If you haven't seen I it, it's great. I have. Oh my god, it's giant underground worms. I think Jaws, but with worms in the desert. Amazing. It's actually really good. I will add it to my list. Add it to your list yeah. to watch. It's yeah. great fun. Um, he greets the group and he send. He says, uh, "I can't make you straight. I don't want to make you straight." And I'm like, I'm calling bullshit. That's a lie. <laughs> You're a liar. Yeah. Immediately, I'm just like. See, now I already hate you. Yeah. <laughs> You're trying to be, like, all chill youth pastor, like, yeah. you know, but... Yeah, What's that Steve Buscemi know. thing where he walks in with, like, backwards cap and skateboard? Do, fellow kids? <laughs> yes, yeah, it felt yeah, like that. Yeah, I see through your bullshit. I grew up with people like you. Yeah. <laughs> people who tell you to your face, you know, I love you, yeah, just the way you are. Love and then, the sinner, not the sin. Exactly. Which is basically, yeah. I'm going anyway, through that at the moment with yeah. some people. and uh, no, Talk yeah, for no. hours about that. Oh, <laughs> an entire podcast just on that. Yeah. Um, he claims not to want to change them. Um, and he says that's not what they're about in this particular camp. He promises, he, he mentions God at one point and then promises that is the only time he'll mention God. He makes it sound like these po- people are volunteers, like the people coming to the camp are volunteers. Like they're all, they all just went, yes, yes, I'd like to be, I'd like to be straight, please. Yeah. It's very annoying. And I literally had a question. I was like, are they? Did they actually volunteer? Is this what we're going with? I was bothered by how many of them did appear to be there by choice. Yes. For various reasons. At least they, at least they went, at least they had various reasons. Yes. It wasn't all like, all of them were just like, I want to be straight. Yeah. A couple of them. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like two of our six main I think actually want wanted yeah. want to be straight but even then not really not really no, two, it's more three. to start with we think there's three yes yes but it's mainly social pre- we'll get to that yeah. we'll get to that because we yeah, have yeah. Uh, we meet the other members of the the counselling team we have uh, Owen's wife um is she the psychiatrist? She's the psychiatrist, right? Evil parallel dimension Martha Stewart. Is <laughs> to her. Oh my god, yes. Yeah. I didn't write her name down until like the end of the movie because I forgot what it was yeah, and I, I couldn't be asked. I couldn't tell you what her name is. I just watched the movie an hour ago. I couldn't tell you what her name is. It's Cora. It's Cora. Cora. That's a bit. And the only reason I knew it is because right near the end of the movie, um, Kevin Bacon, Owen is w- wandering around his oh, office yeah, he's calling. like, Cora, where's the guns? Yeah. 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 So yeah. I was like, oh. Okay, the psychiatrist is Cora. So we've got um, we've got Owen, who's the leader. We've got Cora, who's a psychologist. We've got a new person, uh, Molly, who's a nurse. We've got Zane, who used to be gay, but went to this conversion camp like ten years ago. Used to be in massive quotation marks. Yeah. yeah, used to be gay, but now is a very heterosexual straight man, and he's their their athletics coach. And we meet Sarah, who's his wife. Her name was Sarah. Yes. Totally forgot her name. I think it's Sarah. I usually remember characters named Sarah because, of course, I dated a Sarah for a very long time, and every mm. single time there's a Sarah anywhere, and they are everywhere. <laughs> that Sarah's quite a common name. It's yes. a very common name. Spelt various different ways, yes. but yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, totally forgot. That. Who's going to be the activities director and is Zane's fiance? Um, and there's a handyman. <laughs> who we don't really know anything about. He's just Except in the background. Except that he's capital C creepy. Yes, he's very creepy. He's got like... He's got he's, he's reached that point of boldness where you should just call it quits and shave, shave it all off. Shave it all off. Why do all men not do that? It's like half bold and combed over. Yeah, yeah. Like you just... You're going to be doing everybody a favor if you just shave your head. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with being yeah. bald. Some, some guys look great bald. A lot of guys look great bald. Yeah, just yeah. shave it off. 
Just do it. Yeah. You're not getting the hair back. Just shave it off. Just do it and be a legend. Yeah. Oh, and there's a dog. And there's a dog. A very old Duke. dog. Duke the dog. I love that you remember the dog's I remember, name. Of course I remember the dog's name. <laughs> but not any of the counselors. Be serious, Jacob. Of course I remember the dog's name. This is true. He's, he's one of the better characters. <laughs> um, the leader takes their cell phones. Um, he says there's no reception anyway, so it doesn't matter. He takes all of their computers because there's no Wi-Fi and they don't need them. I was like, there's things you can do with a computer without Wi-Fi. Thank you very much. Yeah. Like watch a really bad horror movie <laughs> for example right definitely book. not pulling from experience no absolutely not and any and all medications they have well he said narcotics right he specified narcotics I think he said narcotics and medication did he? I think he did Okay. I think he did but that's also bullshit narcotics I can understand because the because they're narcotics. Yeah, they're like narcotics. Weed and dr- like drugs and shit. Yeah, yes, no absolutely. alcohol, no weed, sure, no... Sure, that I understand. Yeah. Medications are Medication. important. I was like, I keep aspirin in my bag at all times. Do I have to give that up? Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I, like, I get migraines frequently. So I'm like, yeah. do I have to... I, do, I need, just, I need just, paracetamol. Yeah, and that just be on antidepressants. But yeah, be on lots, all of, sorts of, lots of people are on antidepressants. Yeah. But no, he takes all of it... Um, I can't, uh, yeah, I, I said I can understand taking the cigarettes, but not the rest. Like, my cell phone stays with me regardless of whether or not I have signal. Yeah. Like, it's just an important thing to have on you. And wouldn't you think that even if there, like, if there was no signal, that would be more of a reason to just let them keep their phone? Because what are they going to do with it? Yeah, what are they going to do? Like, it's play games at bedtime or something. Like, uh, maybe video. They don't want... Ah, uh, yeah, that could be it. They don't want stuff to be videoed or uh, photographed. Yeah. That would, un- that would make sense. That makes sense. Okay, we found the logic. The computers. No, that does not explain the computers. Someone's going to be carrying a laptop around <laughs> yeah. the Just like, subtly like, yeah. oh, <laughs> I'm not recording anything. <laughs> I'm very subtle and clever. Um, yeah. Yeah, computer with or without internet is useful, and medica- my medication is my business. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. That's, that's, that's crossing a line. Yeah, whatever I've been prescribed by a doctor is my fucking business. Yeah. Fuck off with that shit. I, mm-hmm. I, this is where my uh, notes started getting very angry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I literally have a note here that just says, I'm feeling very aggressive towards this mo- movie, purely based on its premise alone, I think. Yeah. I think merely by this movie's existence made me mad. Um, uh, yeah. Like, I, I saw it announced and I went, oh no. And then I saw that it was being made by a cis white gay man. And I was like, okay, you check one of the boxes, but I still don't trust you. Mm. Because you only check one of the boxes. Yeah. And it's like the least significant box. <laughs> this sort of one you kind of need, like, you, you need a team of people. You do, yeah. And you can even if, of... even if there's only one person who writes it, and then yeah. he has a team of people to, like, what's the word? Um, correlate the ideas and, like, make sure that he's portraying things correctly. Because you could kind of tell that it was written by a cis white gay. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Like, his his experience is very narrow. Yeah, and when not... When describing other people's experience, it feels very cliched. Very. Like, not... Not unique to the person that it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but anyway, mm-hmm. uh, they, next thing we see, they're, they're taking part in a mandatory therapy session. Oh, sorry, no, they have to take part in mandatory therapy sessions. We haven't gotten there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Uh, a lot of them have been forced here by their parents, he says. Um, my little note here. Again, I'm just on the rage at the moment. Just parents who do this to their kids should not be parents. No, they should not. Yep. Yep. He says, I hope you discover a gender normative that works for you. I'm like, a gender normative lifestyle that works for you. Yeah, I was yeah. like, excuse the fuck out of me. I'm like, that's an oxymoron, isn't it? Yeah, yeah about being straight not about being gender normative those are two very different things <laughs> yeah it's not it's not only like we want you to be we we want you to be straight nothing else but we also want you to fit into like the 1950s housewife and man who goes to work yeah. roles yeah at this point i was like <clears throat> oh it's but i'm a cheerleader but bad <laughs> have you seen that movie i've not are you joking? No, I'm not You have to watch But I'm a Cheerleader. It's not a horror movie, obviously. All right. This, like, I'm really very sure that a lot of this is inspired by But I'm, but I'm a Cheerleader, except they've tried to make it scary. Like, they've tried to make it, like, edgy. Edgy and frightening. But, like, But I'm a Cheerleader is about a gay conversion camp, but it's satirical and it's hysterical. Okay. RuPaul is in it. As one of the counsellors, it's very funny. Maybe maybe I'll watch. I don't know. I've been scarred by this movie yet. <laughs> no, but I'm a cheerleader to heal you from those scars. So next thing, they have to split into... Uh, sorry, they have to go to their cabins. There's the boys' cabin and the girls' cabin. They're at either ends of the camp. Okay. But I always find it really hysterical how even at gay... Ca- emphasis on the gay conversion camps they still insist on having a boys cabin and a girls cabin yeah like they're going to be frisking each other <laughs> like what come on what honestly you think they'd be trying to encourage like the heterosexual nonsense yes so pair them off yeah like yeah if that's what you want <laughs> girl one boy one you go in that cabin exactly. <laughs> you have that room exactly. together get to know each other it's wink so funny. oh it's so stupid um the group splits except for one character because they are non-binary um and as soon as that happened like <laughs> they all split off and then jordan's left in the middle i was like oh mood <laughs> i feel that yeah uh and Owen tells them not to isolate themselves. I love that Jordan gets the blame for it. Mm-hmm. Jordan's standing there like, I'm non-binary. I'm, I, I don't belong. I don't belong. Live in either of these little yeah. boxes. I don't yeah. belong in either of these cabins. Where do I go? Mm-hmm. And he immediately, like, blames Jordan for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's he just does. like, yeah, he's just like, you know, don't isolate yourself. Um, and then Owen makes a compromise, sends them to the boys' cabin for now. And Which they seemed fairly happy about. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Jordan is um, female to male trans, but non-binary. Seems that way, yeah. But non-binary, but non-binary presenting. Which is very common. Mm. Yeah. So I guess that is the closest approximization of Jordan's preferred. Yeah, I feel like... Like, as far as moves by a conversion camp owner goes, it's pretty good. Yeah. He won points for that with me. Yeah, he did get a point from me as well. Because Jordan did specify trans and non-binary. Yeah. So... So Jordan Jordan goes to the boys' cabin for that, then. Um... (laughs) 
I love it. Jordan walks past Stu, who's uh, our jock guy. Stu. Gay, gay jock. Oh, Stu. And um, he's like, they. I literally wrote. <laughs> and I love Jordan going, yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, I wrote, in this the year of our Lord 2022, you don't know what a they, them pronoun is. Of course you do. Don't be stupid. Especially in like a high school slash you, college setting. Yeah, the, 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 the attitude isn't, what does that mean? It's really... Why bother? That doesn't make sense. Maybe he's one of these people who thinks it's too woke. I think you he know. just didn't know what it was. What it was. Oh, that's frustrating. Which is not <clears throat> a thing. <laughs> we got our first group therapy session where we actually get to meet our characters who are important to the plot. Hooray! I finally know who to pay attention to. Uh, we meet Toby, um, who isn't happy with being a feminine man, uh, wants to be a man's man. And then he's like, nah, jokes. <laughs> he is the most gay, gay. I love it. Toby's good. And he's sitting there going, I want to be a real man. I yeah. want to shoot guns. I want to kill animals. And he's like, I'm just kidding. I want to go to Moulin Rouge. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny because I was like, I was writing notes and I was just like, oh, okay. You know, this is, this is interesting. You know, this super feminine gay man is just like, no, you know, I want to drink beer like other men. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. This is interesting. And then he, and then he turns around and he's like, nah, jokes. I just want to go to Moulin Rouge. And my parents said if I went here for a week, I could go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. And I love that Toby wears like fabulous pearls in everything. Yeah. Scene. Yeah. Just and like, what's that thing called? It's like a lace, I, I lace thing around his neck as well. Tell you what that's called. But it's not attached to his clothes. Otherwise, it would be like, um, like a it's not just a, a veil, really but... elaborate necklace. Is it a necklace? Is what I would oh, call okay. it. I don't know. I don't. I mean, oops. I don't do jewelry. I you do do jewelry. You've got so many piercings. That doesn't count, Jacob. It's still jewelry. I have facial piercings. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I've got, I got what, two piercings, and I always wear a bracelet, and that's about it. See, you're already one up on me. Oh, and a necklace. I started wearing a necklace. Oh, no, I do have my necklace, but it's a very butch necklace, so I don't know. I kind of like that. Oh, I love it. It's a little Viking man that my grandma got me from a village in Sweden. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's very cool. That's cool. Mine's just a tree of life. (laughs) I did notice that. I do like your necklace. It's very nice. (laughs) Um, anyway, yeah, so we meet Toby, who is fabulous, and I love him. He's the best. He's great. Yeah. Um, we meet Veronica, who really doesn't want to participate, understandably. Um, clearly one of the people who's been forced here by their parents. Which one was Veronica? Uh, Veronica's the one with um, the girl with the half-shaved head, red hair. Oh, okay. Who Didn't know what her name was for the entire movie. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> So we meet Veronica, um, they're bisexual, and she admits that she kind of hates herself for it. Yep. Reluctantly admits it, but, you know, it's group therapy, so everyone has to join in. Uh, We meet Gay Jock, who's Stu. Uh, He needs to be straight so that he can get a scholarship. Yes, he needs to be straight so he can get a scholarship and not disappoint his dad, uh, because he wants to be a frat bro. I mean, who doesn't? Literally wants to be a frat bro, and I was like... I want to be a frat bro. Really? No, not really. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I do have a, a RP character who's a frat boy vampire, though, and he's my favourite. He's oh my so funny. <laughs> that, would be, that would be funny, too. Um, but he, he basically says that um, he's like he's a sportsman and he's so uncomfortable being in like the rock locker room with other guys because he doesn't know where to look and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's actually like 
understandable and like it looks like he comes from a privileged family so he's yeah. probably got like a lot of pressure from like especially his father I assume mm. to be a straight man you know yeah. carry on the family lineage and stuff like that mm-hmm. so I I understand where that character's coming from uh, we meet a blonde girl called Kim uh, I liked Kim Kim is Kim's name I did remember Kim's adorable she's the best she's so cute she's very valley girl sort of she's she's the girl you would expect to marry the guy like Stu yes she looks like one of the cheerleader popular girls yes but she's not she's kind of big old lesbian because she's a lesbian but she talks about how like she comes from a small town Mm -hmm. and uh, if anyone found out she'd be like ostracized and kicked out and stuff like that again very very relatable very relatable very understandable reasonings they actually gave pretty good reasonings for most of the characters we've got here and all different which is great the only thing I was disappointed about was that she didn't end up being like a queen bitch character because I love me a queen bitch character I know I kind of like that she's sweet I do like that she's sweet Mm. but I was just a little bit disappointed we kind of get the queen bitch thing from Veronica a bit where she's like a little but she doesn't fit the bill not no, like she's not like yeah. It's it's a like your Regina George's sort oh, of thing. I love a like, Regina George. Oh, I love. Oh, her she's so, so much. good. Um, we we see a black girl who said she was forced by her parents. This is I think this is Alexandra. Alexandra, yeah. Alexandra. Um, we learn more about her situation a bit later. She is unapologetic about being gay, and I love it. She's like, I love me some ladies. I don't want to be straight. I'm oh, here because of my parents. This is a different character then. Because there was there's there's two black girls. There's one who's like unapologetically lesbian. She's great. She's amazing. And then there's Alexandra who has more of the poofy hair. No, it's the same person. Is it the same person? There's one other black character in this, black female character in this movie, and she's one of the unnamed background characters. Is that not this character who no, said she's unapologetically lesbian? No, the same person. Oh my God. This tells you how well structured this movie is. You didn't even know they were the no, same character. I did not know it was no, the same that, character. That was Alexandra. Because she it doesn't seem like, to. I love me some ladies. That was her. But it doesn't seem to fit with like her personality from the rest of the film. It's almost like it's badly written. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I guess. I guess that is Alexandra. Yeah, it is. And they just do like a full one eighty on her personality for most of the rest of the film, and then switch yeah. back again. Okay. Pretty All much. Right. Uh, all three mentioned that they'll basically all three of these characters Alexandra, Stu and Kim all talk about how they'll be disowned by their parents if mm. they can't be straight by the time this camp finishes which is hysterical because again it's a week long camp yeah it's a week long camp and there's like, nothing to cure you're religious but like miracles really and they even call it in this economy <laughs> they even call it this problem yeah you know, oh yeah, I've heard that a lot. I, we, got, I got that one directly from my mother. How's your little problem coming along? Oh really? Oh uh, yeah. Oh fuck off! <laughs> I'm so mad. Yeah, don't even get me started. <sighs> and my my next note just says, "I'll reiterate: parents who act like this should not be around children." Yeah, I've I maintain that there should be like a questionnaire that you have to take before you're allowed to have children, and mm. one of the questions should be like, "Would you send your children to conversion camp?" Like theoretically, would mm. you? And if they answer yes, they automatically fail. Or some, like, really easy way for kids to, like, um, tattle on their parents if they start being evil pieces of shit. Oh, but it's so... Like, speaking from experience, I grew up in a very religious household. Yeah. Right? Um, My mum did not react well when she found out. I... Because... 
because of the way that I was raised in this religious structure, everything that my mother said was right. Oh. Because she was doing it in the name of God. Right, so it's the whole mother so is God thing. I didn't even have the like mental tools to be like, what she's saying and doing is wrong. So even if that tool had existed, uh, I wouldn't have used it. Damn. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Uh, took me a really long time to be able to start thinking for myself on that front. And a lot of outside influence. Yeah. I was 15 before I realised. And then, of course, the parents come around and they say, you know, you know, these people have influenced you in the wrong ways and stuff like that. I was only having these feelings because the devil was influencing me to draw me away from the path of God. Yeah, no. Yeah. I'm, I'm so thankful for my parents. I love you, Mum and Dad. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Bronwyn has really supportive parents too, and she's yeah. always just like, "I just want good things for you." I'm like, oh, yeah. "I know, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm literally giving you the same vibes." Yeah. Like, please, it's, please, it's please be fine. good. Please, it's please fine. be happy. <laughs> it's um, we got there. It's all good. Um, we meet another character. This is uh, Gabriel, who's um, basically tired of being ridiculed, mm-hmm. being called like a fag in, in the hallways at school, and because he he presents feminine as well. Yeah, very. I actually thought that he was a lesbian to start with. Oh, really? I really did before he started talking. I wasn't sure if he was trans. I thought uh, I thought he might actually, be trans. Yeah, I wasn't sure about that either. But I, yeah, at first, like when they just like the panning shot across everybody, mm. I just thought he was a lesbian. Oh, because he's very feminine. He's got a very like he's got strong features, but they're quite feminine he as could, well. Yeah, he could be. He's very androgynous. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, he's basically, he wants to be straight. I think he just classifies as gay man, I think. I think so, yeah. Um, but yeah, and then finally we meet our main, uh, essentially our main character, Jordan, who's non-binary, uh, comes from an extremely religious family, um, and if they stay the week, then they can officially disown their family, basically, get completely emancipated from their parents, which I think we already discussed is probably more for emotional closure rather than actual, like, legal reasons. It could be legal as well. Like, I feel like there might be sort of an age range going on to some degree. Oh, possibly, yeah. Some of them are in college, some of them might be, like, in their final year of high school or something. Yeah. So we're looking at that, like, 18 to 20 age, maybe, possibly. Maybe they're just shy of that and Mm. they just can't wait anymore, which, fair. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Especially when we learn some more things. Yes. Anyway, uh, Owen, the camp leader, preaches love and um, basically dismisses everyone from the therapy session. Um, The caretaker outside checks out the girls as they go back to their cabin. And Veronica catches him. I love her. Wrong team, asshole. Yeah. 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 Like, true. But also, still at this point, I was like, he can be as creepy as he wants. He's a red herring. It's fine. Oh, this is your red herring. (laughs) The caretaker. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. I don't know. I never thought he was going to be, like, the killer because he seems so, like, inept. I think the first shot we get of him, he's, like, fumbling. Fumbling the wheelbarrow? Yeah, fumbling the wheelbarrow. And I was like, (laughs) nah, he's he's not our killer. Because he was so over the top creepy yes like it's not even believable that like a person like this would exist especially yes. when we see inside his cabin which we will discuss later people who but, are like yeah it's just too much i was like he's innocent he has never done anything wrong in his entire life and mm. i do stand by that having seen the rest of the movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah people who are legitimately this creepy do it privately exactly like the outwardly they're like 
model citizens and then yeah. inwardly they're creepy as fuck. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jordan and Toby bond over moisturising. That's quite cute. Which That's adorable. so cute. Toby's like sat there like massaging his like um, cheekbones yeah. and like across his forehead and then like offers some to Jordan and Jordan's, Jordan's like, like, okay. Sure. Yeah. And they sit there like smiling at each other, like awkwardly yeah. having moisturizer into their But like places. friendly. like It's friendly, but it's awkward. And it is it's very really awkward. funny. It's so funny. I love, <laughs> I love this as a moment. And then Stu's sort of like, um, the jock guy, Stu, sort of. Go- he like side eyes them. I'm like, what is moisturizing? Not manly for you? Basically. You're going to sit there with cracked ass dry skin your entire life because you want to be a man so badly. He like cringes and then rolls over in his bed and Gabriel's doing the same thing. doing the same thing with this like benevolent little smile on his face. I was like, I feel like he's doing that to fuck with him. Like it looked so deliberate. (laughs) Yeah, it just gives him a little smile while Gabriel's like rubbing rubbing the moisturizer into his chest. Stu like rolls his eyes and rolls away from him. Like you need to sort it out. Next thing we see, we see Alexandra waking up uh, early morning before everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, goes to the showers, which are in a different building. And are communal. Again, it's like they want the gay teenagers to bone. I know, right? Like, yeah. not individual showers or anything exactly. like that? Exactly. You just want all the dudes looking at each other like and all the lesbians looking at each other? gay guys and a bunch of naked lesbians in a, in a room together and expect nothing to happen. Maybe that's the point. Maybe the, the whole thing is to, like, trap them. And then once they do, once they do the gay evils, then then that gives Owen permission to punish. Them, I mean, punish them, because yeah. that's sort of what we get at, at later. A little entrapment bit. becomes entrapment. a thing. Yes, yes, it does. Yes. Um, but yeah, Alexandra wakes up, goes to take a shower before everyone else. Um, brave girl, like walking through the woods at like like the, the crack of dawn. Up, yeah, yeah. And you don't really know. Like, if you'd already stayed there for a couple of days, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Like, this is the... You you arrived late afternoon, and then the next morning, you're just walking out. Straight out out there, yeah. I'm like, you fucking go for it. Also, though, that it is a fairly, like, (laughs) nice summer camp as well. It's not bad cabins. Like, the towels look really nice, and the shower wasn't that bad. And the beds are decent. They're not, like, bunk beds. Yeah. Yeah. But um, she goes and has a shower. We sort of get a point of view cam as somebody's watching the... The door. The door. Yeah. And then um, opens the door, and we get uh, we get poor naked Alexandra trying to have a shower while somebody's perving. Mm-hmm. Um, she turns around and finds is it Molly? Uh, it's not Molly. It's... Oh, it's the psychiatrist. No, I think it's Sarah. Oh, yes, it is Sarah. It's yeah. Zane's fiance, the counselor, yeah. the one who's in charge of activities. Or I whatever just called like her that. pie lady. Pie. Oh yes, the pie lady. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and the funny thing is, once we learn stuff about her, then we kind of get what she was doing perving at the ladies' showers. I mean, yes and no when you find out why she was perving. Yeah. But, okay, so, yeah, they're caught by Sarah, um, Zane's fiance, one of the counsellors, who then carts her to the boys' cabin because she's trans, but not yep. post-op. Oh no, she has a dick. She belongs in the boys' cabin. Basically. Yeah. Despite the fact that she is a stunning woman. Very much a beautiful, beautiful woman. Gorgeous. Yeah. I was like, bitch, I wish I had that. She must be so far into her transition, it's not even funny. She's gorgeous. And then literally berates, uh, I think it's Owen, Owen who berates her. For lying. For lying. Up front about it. Yeah. And puts Jordan on the spot as well. Like, Jordan was honest with me about his. Because 
constantly misgendering him, like in kind of the right direction, but constantly misgendering mm. them. I just did it myself. Um, but yeah, it's the, it, yeah, berating her like this. I lying it. about it. Yes, because yeah. he said specifically, is like the only thing I told you I wouldn't accept was lying. Like everything else was fine. And which it's is bullshit. Bullshit. Yeah. So Alexandra now has to stay in the boys' cabin. Which is fucking annoying. Yeah. Uh, Owen tells them to dress appropriately for their assigned gender. Which is and basically again. Mm-hmm. Yep. As Alexandra's going to uh, her new bed, uh, Stu calls her a freak, which is Stu is such an asshole. But I kind of like him about like the halfway him. through mo- halfway through this movie. I he's start to like got, him. He's repressing a lot of shit. And yeah. He needs to relax. I think he's. <sighs> He's putting forward his father's voice. Yes. Not his voice. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jordan tells her not to worry that they'll... Because, f- like, Alexandra's freaking out because she's like, I don't have boys' clothes. Like, mm. because, What do you want me to do? Yeah. yeah. I, 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 am, I am a girl. woman. Yeah. I dress like a woman. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like... Jordan's like, don't worry, we'll get you some stuff. And, like, yeah. Toby's like, I've got something you can wear. Yeah, Jordan and Toby. I, I think it's Toby's. Toby's just like, I can't give you, I can't give you the antique stuff. Not the retro stuff. The retro, that was yeah. it. I can't yeah. give you the retro stuff, but I'll have something for you. <laughs> and it's like, oh, fucking Toby, I love you. I love, yeah, Jordan and Toby, far away the best. Next meeting, we see Owen, um, Owen greeting everyone, and Jordan's wearing a dress. It was the be- it's the best reveal because it just it just sort of pans across all of the campers' faces one by one, and they've all got these smug shit eating grins on their faces, and you're like, what's going on? Yeah. It's past Alexandra who's wearing boys' clothes, but she's like sort of tied at the waist and yeah, early. yeah. And then it gets to Jordan who was wearing the dress that Alexandra was wearing <gasps> is when it the she same was dress? tied into the cabin. Yes. Oh, that's cool. And I like Jordan's shit eating grin is more smug than any of yeah, them. Yeah. Jordan's, They're standing there going, yeah, it's like, tell me to change, I dare you. Yeah, it's like, I'm wearing my assigned gender. <laughs> it's, I, I kind of loved it. Loved it. It was so funny. Absolutely, that is malicious compliance. Yes. so good. Yes, there's nothing better than getting back at them by following their rules. Exactly. <laughs> um, Owen welcomes, officially welcomes Alexandra to the group. Um, yeah, after you berated her for not being in the boys' cabin. So fuck off. You, you don't get any points for, like... Yeah, I hated this part because it was like, this is Alexander. He obviously has some things that he is working through. Like, mm. it was so gross and just... Just, uh, just disrespectful. And disrespectful. It was, like, the first sign that, like, oh, yeah, he was absolutely full of shit when he was giving his little monologue at the beginning. Yeah, for yeah. sure. 100%. Yeah. Um we have some camp games now. Everyone's playing tug of war, boys versus girls, of course. We see some arts and crafts club. We see Kim and Kim, Kim and Veronica making friendship bracelets for each other. Yep. Cute, this adorable. This is where I was like, oh, it's but I'm a cheerleader, but that because they have this exact montage in oh, but really? I'm a cheerleader, but it's funny and it's well done. Okay, I may, might need to watch this show. You then. Really need to watch it. Uh, we also see lots of sports happening for the boys. The boys get to do sports. And I'm sat there like, I don't really like sports that much. I, I was like, what is with these conversion camp people and not seeming to be able to think about... Some people just aren't good at things. Yeah. doesn't matter what gender you are. And not people- every guy in the world is good at sports. There are lots of straight women who like sports. And there are, there are lots, lots of straight of men, men who like baking. Yeah. <laughs> like... What? 
How many how many celebrity chefs can you name off the top of your head? Now, how many female ones can you name? Yeah, exactly. Honestly, yeah. it's so dumb. But it's that whole because it's not only about making them straight; it's about make, about making them fit that nineteen fifties gender conformity sort of. Yeah, the gender yeah. conforming. Um, yeah, we see them going through some counselling and stuff like that. We see Toby being like literally screamed at by Zane. He's like, there's like that really intense shot where Zane is screaming, and you just see spit flying out of his yeah, mouth because Zane isn't doing the obstacle course fast enough or whatever. And I love that yeah, yeah. Jordan, is, Jordan's like helping him up the wall, up the like climbing wall and, and stuff like that. Daggers at them. Yeah, like, but I love that neither of them pay him any attention. Yeah, yeah. They're just like, okay, he's furious. Oh, and thanks, just Jordan. Like, here you go, babe. I'll help you up. Yeah, yeah. So uh, officially, we know that Jordan is the MPV MVP of this movie. I love one hundred percent. My kingdom for Jordan. Uh, next thing we see, we see Alexandra sneaking into the office. Again, I don't know where this office is located. This was um, Molly's office, so that'll be a different building, I think. Because it's the nurse's station, right? So this is the, is this the infirmary? It'll be the infirmary, yeah. But is this also where the psychiatrist's office is? I don't believe so. Because oh, th- yeah. that's, that's who catches The layout her. of this place is so whack. Yeah, it's You're so right. hard to figure out the geography. Because I was like, I, at first I thought the psychiatrist's office is in the main building, but then why is the psychiatrist in the infirmary? I don't know. Anyway, um, <laughs> Alexandra sneak into the office to get her meds. I or uh, I correctly guessed, go me. I was like, it's probably the hormone therapy. Estrogen, yeah. Yeah, it's hormone therapy. As soon therapy. as I was like, I saw her sneaking in, and then my mind went back to her putting a bottle of like prescription pills mm. in the box at the beginning. I was like... Oh, it was estrogen. Yeah. That makes sense now. Yeah. Girl, you get that estrogen. <laughs> but it's caught by one of the counselors. It's Cora, my least favorite counselor. No. Yeah. She's caught by Molly, isn't she? Oh. Oh, she's my God. By, yeah, because she's oh. in the nurse's station. She's in the infirmary. Oh, that makes more she's sense. She's caught now. by Molly. Molly, who's the nurse. Okay, yeah, yeah. no. I kept getting all their names mixed this is up. A, this is bad. Writing. Bad writing. Bad direction. Bad everything. You can't even keep the characters straight. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended, but totally intended. <laughs> okay, so yeah, it must be Molly. It's Molly the nurse. It's Molly. It's yeah. Molly the nurse. Oh yeah, because they mention it later. Okay, yeah, it is Molly. But gets caught by Molly. Uh, the bottle that um, Alexandra ha- has is labeled Zoloft, which is antidepressants. Yes, which even if it was just antidepressants, she should have those. Yes, she should 100% be allowed antidepressants yeah it's a prescription if someone drug. came to your stupid camp with a heart condition you wouldn't take away the medicine that keeps their heart going it's fucking frustrating yeah um but um she reveals that it is estrogen in the bottle not mm-hmm. um not Zoloft uh, Alexandra's parents will... Oh, yeah, this is this is where we find out why she came to the camp. Yes. She is in the camp because her parents won't let her interact with her younger brother anymore until she's straight. Or slash a man. Slash a man. Which is so brutal, but it does happen. Yes, it's I have so no doubt upsetting. that it happens, but it doesn't make me less upset about it. I know. <laughs> Yeah, and she's in tears when she's telling Molly that she loves her brother so much. She loves her brother so much and just wants to be, like, able to help him and be part of his life. Yeah. And her parents are just like, no. Absolutely not. We cannot allow that because... You might influence him. Yeah. Is the undertone of that. Yeah, essentially, yeah. yeah. And um, Molly gives her gives her, her pills. Mm-hmm. 
free. Molly for MVP in this scene. Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah. Like, we, we actually have a counsellor who's understanding. Yes. Did you notice the um, the lesbian flag drawers in her office as well? Oh, I did not. Um, just behind her desk, there's, like, just those, like, crap plastic drawers that you just, like, in a little trolley thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were coloured, arranged in the colours of the lesbian flag. I did not pick up on that. That's some nice work. Yeah. Attention to detail, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, Too bad about the rest of the movie, but anyway. Yeah, it has, it has little moments of really good yeah. stuff. That I thinking back, that was a clue as well. Yeah, that was a clue. That does turn out to be a clue, yeah. definitely. Um, she says, "I believe in healing," and Alexander's reply is, "Maybe you should believe in dignity." Yeah, which oh. I love it. Oh, not yes. not too long ago, I literally watched a video of um, there were like it was high schools or something like that. It was like the school council members, you know, all these teachers and parents and stuff like that, talking about you know whether trans rights should be allowed in schools and stuff like that, and all these students coming forth and fucking owning oh, the, yes. stu- the 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 um, school council, yeah, and just saying like the only like I don't worry about a trans person in my bathroom Mm. I don't worry about that I worry about stupid adults who have no idea what they're talking about making decisions for me yeah and I was like oh damn I love that stuff you're right yeah you should say it (laughs) Uh, we see we switch to nighttime. there's a figure shrouded in shadows uh, sort of watching over the camp Um, then we see they turn on the lights and it's Zane yeah it's Zane, and he's taking everyone out of bed. Um, and also, he has handcuffs. I was like, yeah, I was Zane, like, you kinky bitch. Oh my god, are we sure he's reformed? Yeah. Are we sure he's are straight? Sure? He's going to the boys' cabin with handcuffs. Yeah. Like, oh. Um, basically, they take everyone into the woods. Uh, yeah, it turns out it's not just the boys. It's no. Everybody. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, yeah. When I, I was like, is this thank just god, the boys? Thank god we can't have any of that gay shit going. I was like, this is this is turning into some rapey stuff, and I, I'm not liking it. I thought that this was where the movie was going to start ramping up. Yeah, it really did. And then you see you see like Kim and um, Veronica, Veronica and stuff like that, and I'm like, oh, okay, it's the girls as well. Okay, this yeah. is a camp thing. This is not a Zane has yeah. gone insane thing. Okay, yeah, great. Um, they're all cuffed together and have blindfolds on. They remove their blindfolds as Owen talks to them about community. We all need to be a better community. Very funny and very ironic. It's very frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. You know. This movie does occasionally do things right because you know that was intentional. Yeah. Of course, that wording was intentional. Yes. This is yeah. You need to learn to be part of the community, and and you just have to like. like, You mean your community? Yeah. Not not our community. Forcibly tearing us out of our community. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so frustrating. Anyway. Uh, each pair is handcuffed together. One boy, one girl. One boy in inverted commas, and one girl inverted commas. Um, and they have to walk for ten minutes in any direction and stay there for the night. Yeah. And my note, my le- next note just says, um, "What the fuck?" It's not one boy, one girl though, is it? Because Kim and Veronica are handcuffed together. Toby oh. and Stuart are handcuffed together. Oh they no, just they didn't get even... people off at totally random from the looks of things. They didn't. They didn't even do this right. No. You'd think you put a boy and a girl together, you right? You would think. Because it's, it's a conversion <laughs> Like, they camp. don't want them to be gay, but it's like, don't do gay things, wink. Here's yeah. all of the opportunity in the world to do gay things, but don't do it. Nudge, nudge. Wink, like, wink. Oh, 
It's yeah, uh, you're hundred percent right. It's so funny because it's, it's like, like I love that my notes are writing the film better than the film actually was. Yes, <laughs> like because I was like, it's so easy to do. You wrote it better without even thinking about. No, it. I literally just wrote. Oh yeah, they yeah. they paired them off as a boy and a girl, and it was like, oh no wait, no no they don't. It's so funny though because that kind of stuff does happen in real life, and it's because straight people are so set in their mindset that they cannot comprehend anything else happening it's why like gal pals is a thing right yeah and all those photos of christian stewart with her girlfriend came out everybody was like oh they're such good friends and it's like are you they are making out in this picture yeah you're so straight to him that you can't even comprehend that this image is gay yeah <laughs> and also i love I love the just negligence of handcuffing people oh, together yeah. and then just, just going. The kids off into the woods. For the yeah, woods walk for ten minutes, sit down, get yourself sleep there, and lost. Yeah. yeah, sit there and sleep for the night. We'll pick you up in the morning. Yeah. It's like what the fuck? Yeah, this is fine. This is absolutely this is not a health hazard. Fine and normal, and nobody needs to worry or ask questions or call the police. <laughs> So they all sit awkwardly in their pairs. Uh, we have Kim and Veronica together, uh, talking about how isolated they are in their hometowns, because it turns out Veronica is also from a very small town yep. as well. We see Jordan and Alexandra are together, talking about how weird this camp is. Like, it's not what they expected. They expected the hate of, like, the religion. The queer bashing and the, the Bible bashing. Yeah, the Bible bashing and the queer bashing and everything like that. Yep. And it's not... And Jordan says that is what is setting them on edge, which, fair enough, I would be yeah. exactly the same way. But also, how sad is how sad is it that that's the expectation? Just in general, as life. I mean, yeah. I mean, again, been there, mm. like, have experienced it. I would be in exactly the same place. I'd be like, it's weird that they're not doing this. Yeah. Even I thought it was weird. When when um, Owen's talking about, like, there'll be no more God talk. Yeah, like, I was like, Aw. sorry, what? That's, my... that's usually the primary reason that people do this. Yeah, it's usually a religious thing. Yeah. Anyway, they hear a rustle and see a figure watching them. It's um, the same figure who murdered someone in the opening scene. With a mask, yeah. With a mask. Um, the figure disappears into the shadows ominously. It Hilariously. Does the... It's very obviously a green screen situation. Did you notice that? Like, yes, it's I not did. just fading back into the shadows. They disappear. It's, it's, like, it's very funny. It's very funny. It's so good. And then they're just like, oh, okay. And they just stay in the same spot for the rest of the night. It's not like they went and found another group and huddled together or something like that. Yeah. They just, they're just I'm like, sorry. that was weird. You saw a hooded masked figure in the woods watching you in the middle of the night and you didn't haul ass out of there? Yeah. I literally thought that this is where Jordan and Alexandra were getting killed. Yeah. And I was like, oh, can we not? If, if I, well, I wasn't that worried about Jordan dying because they were very obviously the main character. Mm. Alexandra, literally, one of my first notes, black trans lesbian, she's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, but while they're out in the woods, basically it's an excuse to get them um, away from the cabins so that the counsellors can go through the cabins. I put looking for contraband, question mark. That's what I thought as well, but... But I don't think it I, is... I don't think they were. Because um, the the psychiatrist, Cora, finds uh, Jordan's Bible, Bible. Yep. with all these notes in it. And beautiful artwork. Jordan's a great artist. Oh, absolutely. Like, some of these pictures are fucking awesome. Amazing. But you can tell that the point is, obviously, that they have defaced this Bible. Yes, basically. But I think this whole rummaging through the cameras thing is basically to find psychological ammunition. Yes. Against against the kids. Yes. Um, we also see a picture of Jordan's family. 
and we see that they're a militarized family. Yep. They're like both older brother and I think dad are military men. Look like it. I didn't get a good look at the photo, but it seemed to be. It's a very quick glance. Yeah. Um, Counselor sits down and reads the passage about men and women not wearing each other's clothes, for they are uh, for they are an abomination. And Cora smiles to herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zane wakes everyone in the woods with an air horn. Uh, Jordan, yeah, they basically it's just like okay, now go back to the cabins. Yeah, and it's never discussed again. No, it's like it never happened. And I was like, you're not even pretending that this had a point other than to rummage through their shit. Yeah, exactly. It's... It was it was very funny though when um, Stu wakes up. He's he'd fallen asleep on Toby's shoulder. Oh yeah, that was very cute. And but it was so funny because the second Stu wakes up and like recoils in horror, Toby's like, "Too late, I'm pregnant." <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That was one of my favorite lines. So good. Toby's there so were a like a couple of like amazing lines in this movie. That's I want to think it's just the actors improving. I would like to think so because he's very obviously gay IRL. I always book smart. Have you seen that? No, I've not. He was equally as fabulous in Booksmart. I think all these characters have been specifically cast because of their mm-hmm. gender identity or uh, um, sexual like, orientation. Yeah. Like, I think all of the actors are the correct gender or, um, sorry, gender identity or sexual orientation as their character. I would hope so. I think that's kind of like the bit. I think they've been cast that way. Yeah. Specifically. Especially for like, Jordan is like, as soon as <clears> I saw <throat> Jordan and realized like they were the, the envy of the situation, I was like, mwah, mwah, yes, mm. like beautiful, perfect awesome. casting. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And a, just an amazing, amazing actor. Yeah. Like really, really good. Yeah. Because sometimes when they when they try and do this sort of thing, they just cast whoever fits the bill without talent. Or... It would be so easy for them to just cast a conventionally attractive feminine woman and give her a short haircut. Yeah. And say Definitely. this is your NB. Basically. The fact that they're like quite masked because they're mid transition. Mm. They're you know they've either had top surgery or they wear the binder. Mm. It's very obvious and it's very well done. I like that it's great. a lot. Yeah. It's great. And same with like Alexandra and stuff like that. Yeah. Anyway, um we see Jordan waiting for the therapist. Um, because now they have having individual um, sessions. Yes. We see a disturbing bird picture. It's like vultures eating a dodo or something like that. It's really fucking weird. <laughs> um, we see Owen unpacking their cell phones uh, in the office next door. And I was yeah, like, Yeah, that okay. is never touched on again. Did you notice that? I think it is. Is it? A little bit later, because I think they get given to the caretaker to be decoded. Do they? Yeah. Huh, I have, I have a note about this later. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, Owen unpacks their cell phones. Uh, we see Gabriel leaving the therapist's office, visibly upset. He's like crying. Yeah. Um, uh, this is the same counselor who found Jordan's Bible. <laughs> and I was like, so we're doing emotional manipulation to break the campers then. Great. This is going to be fun. Yeah, I didn't put those two together. This whole thing, <laughs> like, I knew obviously watching this scene that this session was not meant to be, like, actually helpful for Jordan in any way, shape, or form. Oh, God, no. But I was like, <laughs> my note is, is this a reverse therapy session or what? Bitch, I'm not here for you to trauma dump on me. I'm here for you to inflict trauma on me. <laughs> Let's get with it. <laughs> um, Jordan enters the therapist's office. Um... Oh, some of these lines fucking pissed me off. My very next line, hmm, might be getting some trauma out of this, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it was brutal. It I was, was awful. Oh. This was such a hard scene to watch and in no way 
fun, hard to watch. It's not like watching a screamish horror movie where you're sort of watching for you, through your fingers and you're yes. secretly loving it. Yeah. This is a like, well, I just want it to stop. This is just triggering me reliving things that I've been told in my life. We get her saying things like, um, it can't have been easy choosing to live this way. And my note just says, this lady needs a good hard slap. Yep. Um, well, it's a choice. Yeah, it's a choice between um, living and quite probably dying. So yeah. it's a really great choice. Thanks. And I, I really, really hate it when people say they understand when they have absolutely no relatable yep. um, feedback at all. do not understand. Yeah. yeah. She's saying, like, I totally understand. Like, I was an army brat. And, like, which I think is a lie. She only said that because she saw the military picture in Jordan's Bible. Yes. But she says that, and she's just like, you know, my dad My dad always wanted a boy, so I would, you know, try hard to do manly things. And and then I realized I'd never be good enough. Is that how you feel, Jordan? It's not even, is that how you feel? Like, she is telling them this is how they feel. Mm. Yeah, actually, yeah, no. Yeah. Followed by, you know, do you think your parents are disappointed in you? Yeah. And I was like, God, I forget being a teenager. Like, if someone talked to me nowadays like this... Yeah. The, get a good hard slap absolutely uh, or at the very least screamed at I have walked like, away from people spouting that kind of shit to me which automatically made me the bad guy by the way yeah of course of course but like you forget the conditioning to obey when you're this sort of age yes when you're a teenager because like I remember like teachers and things saying like stuff that was not appropriate or yeah. like disrespectful to me as a human being not like as a child yeah. It wasn't like get your feet off the desk or in my classroom. It was like shit that was just disrespectful to me as a human being. Yeah. And like, God, I wish, like, thinking back on that now, you wish you could do something Absolutely. differently about it. There's one particular thing that happened to me when I was a teenager, which I won't get into, but it was desperately wrong. And I was, I knew it was wrong at the time. Mm. I was furious about it. I'm still angry about it. It was really messed up. But because it was my mum that did it, and I was conditioned to, you know, accept that everything my mum did was either right or was coming from... Love. Love or, like, you know, a good place. Mm. I just kind of let it go. Yeah. And if someone tried to do that to me now as an adult, they would get such a hiding. And I say that as somebody who is terrified to throw a punch. Yeah. Like... Same. But, like, think just thinking about, like... And the thing is, like, those moments, like, the person who does it will never remember that they've done it. But having it done to you, you will remember it for always. The ex forgets, but the tree remembers. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like, I'll always remember the, the religious people on Queen Street who, like, spat at me oh, as I walked yeah. past. And I'll always remember the people who told me, like, I'm not a human being because of my sexual orientation. Mm-hmm. or The co-worker who looked me in the eyes and was like, well, why should you deserve to get married? Oh my god! Yeah, he's the one I walked away from, and then later, like, had a go at me for walking away from him. He said I stormed off. I was like, I walked away from you because you were telling me. Even if you did storm off, I think that's justified. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Throw a printer at him or something. Came up to me later to like have a go at me for it. I was standing on a wave, and I was just kind of like leaning over, like looking down at him, Mm. like. I could kill you right now. <laughs> just, just, just run him over. Yeah. Um, the therapist basically breaks Jordan, um, telling them they're not good enough. Um, you're nothing to them. Uh, speaking about the parents, you're not a son, you're not a daughter, not even a freak. 
So you make yourself something special, is what she says. Um, and there's like, you're nothing. Yeah. yeah that's, oof. They're not going to love you. No one is. And I just put, anyone who speaks to me like this does not deserve your respect, let alone the your attention. The a therapist says no one's going to love you. That's no when you know that they're not a fucking therapist. Yes. Like, that's not... Yeah. That's not something that regular people say to each other, let alone a therapist in a session. Like... And then the session just unceremoniously ends. She, like, she looks at her watch, she's like, oh, I think that's our time. And she gets that desperately terrifying smile on her face. Yes. Yeah. To be honest, of all the characters, I hate Cora the most. The psychiatrist. I hate her the most. Yeah, yeah, I think same, actually. I also am not crazy about Sarah, but we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get into that a bit later. Um, the campers all hang out. Um, Jordan's just sort of fucking mortified on their bed. They're just, they're just crying. Quietly crying to yeah. themselves. Yeah. It's the quiet crying. Yeah. So it's like when you see kids and stuff like that. If a kid is like quietly crying, you know there's something very wrong. Very wrong, yeah. Because kids cry to get attention because they need something. Yeah. And if a kid's silently crying, then it's something is very, very wrong. And that is what Jordan is doing. Not that Jordan's a child, but it's the same concept. You can apply that to adults as well. Yeah. Absolutely. I've known people who are like, like in work situations will go and sit in the middle of the break room and cry. And you're like, you know that that is for attention. If yeah. I need to cry at work, I go to the bathroom and do it quietly. <laughs> yeah. You go to the bathroom, you just lock yourself in a stool for five minutes and yeah. that's it. Yeah. Um... Alexandra comforts them. Um, Jordan asks, I hate that there was enough doubt yeah. in Jordan's mind to say, like, are they choosing this? Yes. No. Of course Absolutely not. fucking not. The there thing, is no question. Yeah. The thing that bothers me is that, because there's a lot of misconception about the whole it's a choice thing. Yes. You know they're not saying that you chose to be gay. They're saying you chose to indulge it. That's the sin. Ugh. Yeah, like every. <laughs> so, like in that respect, yes, I guess I did choose it. But what's the alternative? Being miserable. Exactly. And the whole idea that, like, yeah, you chose this. So does that mean everyone has these thoughts then, and you're just good because you didn't choose it? No, you yeah. don't have these thoughts exactly. because it's. It's easy for you to make that decision because you don't have these feelings and these thoughts. Yeah, you're not gay. You don't have yeah. this. Problem in you quotes. You fit perfectly into the little boxes that society put you in, so you've never had to second guess it. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking frustrating. Yeah. And it's uh, this is how closed-minded people ru- uh, ruin lives. It's with hateful words. Yeah. It's it's so true. It's so weird, and it sounds so like I don't know. It sounds like such a woke thing to say, but like words really are damaging like this. But they are. They always, they always focus on, like, queer bashing and, like, you know, people beaten up outside which of gay clubs. Which problem. is awful and horrible and terrible. I know recently there was um, a shooting the at a shooting gay club in... the States. Yeah, in the States. Yeah. Was it seven seven people dead or something I like that? I think so, yeah. Awful. Absolutely horrible. awful. And did you see the interview with the shooter's dad? No. He was like, oh, my son was at a gay club. And then they told him, like, oh, he shot it up. And he was like, oh, thank God for a second. I thought you were going to tell me that my son was gay. Oh. He wasn't concerned that he killed seven people. Just concerned, concerned he might have he been was gay. Anywhere near a queer club. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Jordan says they. Um, Jordan says they're tired of fighting and just wanna be. But Alexander tells them to be kinder to themselves, and they sing Pink. I hated this scene so much. They sing Fucking Perfect by Pink. I hated it so much. I get such bad secondhand embarrassment. Uh, yes. And this was just I like. 
Look, wait, hang on. I've got a note here that's just like. <laughs> Where is it? It's just like, no, 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 no. Oh, here we go. Oh, no, 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 no. Singing. No, 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 no. Please, God, please stop. <laughs> I hate it so much. It was. Oh, and it was such a. It was so cringe and forced. Choice. Yes, it was forced. It was cringe. The song choice was cheesy. Like, I don't know. It was just. It feels like there could have been way better ways of doing this. And it, it felt like it cheapened the experience of queer joy. Yes. Yes, it really did. Yeah. It was upsetting. It was bad. Um, but even Stu joins in. Hooray, he's beginning to accept himself oh, or whatever. Me slide? That knee slide. Cabin. Yes. Yes, that was kind of cool. I like that. Embrace it. Um, it's nice to see actual trans non-binary actors expressing acceptance, despite how, like... Forced the song choice was and everything like oh, that. Yes. I feels like some of the joy at least was genuine. Yeah. Um, but everything's so ham-fisted in this movie. This movie has an agenda and it isn't. It isn't trying to craft a story, but rather trying to. Trying to. <sighs> Do you know what I mean? You're a hundred percent right. It's. It's not trying it's to make us. It's not a... telling a story. It's yeah. It's got an agenda. It's but it's like it's that situation where a movie has an agenda that's like twenty years too late. Yes. Like everyone knows the point that you're putting across right now. What you're not being as like insightful as you think you are with this. Yes. Because you're thinking of it from an experience that happened like decades ago. Like you're not up with the times per se which goes back to like Stu being like they like yes it's 2022 people are familiar with the concept of they them pronouns the issue yes. isn't that people don't know it's that they're dicks about it yes it's yeah anyway. it's it's pushing it's pushing an agenda not trying to tell a story and it's a good agenda to push which is why I'm on the fence of like hating this movie because I want more I'm not I hate it I'm happy to hate this movie it's bad it's a bad movie but I want more trans representation I want more gay representation I especially want more queer horror films definitely like this (laughs) this is not a good example to draw from like example I know you haven't seen it but Bly Manor right the the haunting of Bly Manor just started watching Hill haunting on Haunting of Hill House? Yes. So proud of you. It's so good. We just started it. It's so good. Bly Manor, really loving it. There is a lesbian romance front and center. Good. It's the single most beautiful love story I have ever witnessed in my life. That's pretty good. I love it. And it's 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 so well done because it's like it's prominent, it's central to the story, it's mm. relevant to the plot. Mm. It's telling a story that just happens to have horror elements. It just happens to have a gay couple. Like it's not That's what I want, like not the entire point of it. Yes. That's the that's my problem with media at the moment is like yay yes not yay. Yes, we're getting like representation or at least more representation, but it I don't I want it to be normal, not the focus. Yeah, exactly. I don't want... And also, like, we're still... Like... For a long time, the only gay representation we had was, like, extremely feminine guys throwing glitter. Or extremely butch lesbians. Uh, I would actually argue that that is not the case. Oh, really? Because, um, for the gay men, yes. But for butch lesbians, Mm. still very, very much, like, shunted aside in favour of pretty femme lesbians because oh. they're more appealing to straight men. 
Oh, yeah, no, you're right. Think about, like, friends and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, literally, can you think of a single significant butch character on TV or in a movie or anything? Like, actually, legitimately butch that hasn't been prettied up in some way. Yeah, no, they've all been prettied up. Exactly. Yeah, okay. I can think of one, and it was awful. It was horrible. It was in Scream Queens. Oh, God. And she was literally introduced as the predatory lesbian. That is the title card that came up on the screen. I hate that. I hate it so much. Why can't we just have good... Anyway. Yeah, anyway, anyway, we could talk about this for years. We could. Um, <laughs> but we see Owen is watching the group enjoying themselves, um, and he scowls because how dare they have fun. Um, <laughs> You're supposed to hate yourselves. Yeah. Jordan gets up in the middle of the night, um, Stu sees and follows him. Does he actually follow him? No. He sees him leave. Stu sees who, sorry? Uh, Stu sees uh, Jordan leave the cabin in the middle of the night. Jordan gets up. I don't remember Stu seeing... I don't, I don't know. He sort of he wakes up and watches um, Jordan leave. Huh. But then I don't think anything comes of it. I assumed he There's followed. There's a lot of things that just get dropped in this movie. <laughs> Jordan goes to the main cabin, or what I assume is the main cabin, and finds uh, a trophy room full of, like, hunting trophies. There's, like, yak heads and a rhino head and fucking deer heads and shit. Ew. Yeah, of course. Um, and we see, we see pictures of the founders as well, which I thought would come into play later, but it doesn't. It means it's nothing. It's not relevant. Because it like, it's focused on one person, right? I was like, ooh. It's nobody. It it's doesn't matter. It for no reason. Yeah, it's so weird. It doesn't actually matter. Yeah. There's so much of this. Um, my question is, why is Jordan heading here? What was Jordan's goal in going I don't here? No. Apart from to progress just, the plot. Yeah, just snooping for plot. Yeah. Like there was no prompt. There was no discussion of what might be in there. There was no. It's not like he saw something suspicious, like a light came on in the main cabin or something like that, yeah, and, they, and they went to investigate. Went there they no just reason. got up in the middle of the night. night. Yeah. And I was like, why? What? Like, okay. I understand that people do this kind of thing in real life all the time. Like they'll do things and not necessarily disclose their reasoning or whatever to other people. Yeah. But in the context context of a movie, that can't work. Because there's people actively watching who need to understand what's going on. Yes. Because <laughs> I, was, I was just like, but why? Why are you going yeah. here? Anyway, uh, they find many folders filled with pictures. Some of them of people who've been, like, bruised, cut. There's pictures of people chained up, people screaming. Horrifically beaten. Yeah, horrifically yeah. beaten, chained to posts, just chained, like, their hands and, and feet together. Yes, they're all children. Yes, Emphatically. They're, they're children teenagers. slash teenagers. Yeah. Young adults. We're, we're here. Teenagers are children. Children. Because we're old enough. Yeah. Children. And some of them, I think, in the pictures are just dead. I'm pretty sure there's a couple in there that are just dead. Are they? I know there was like the table that had blood all over it. I didn't. I mean, I was kind of like not looking that hard because I was like, this is upsetting. Yes. Um,. The nurse interrupts Molly. Molly, the nurse, interrupts Jordan. Um, Jordan asks if she knew Mm -hmm. what they were doing or what this place is. Yep. Uh, She says no. Jordan asks for her help to stop the torture happening to this group of people who've just come in. Yes. And um, the reason Jordan asks is because Molly's the one who gave the pills back to Alexandra, so... So obviously she's someone who could be trusted. Someone who could be trusted, possibly an ally. Yes. Great. Refer back to lesbian flag in office. (laughs) Yes, yes. And also this entire turn feels like so left-handed as well. <laughs> like, it, this, this entire 
sorry, left field, not left-handed. Yeah, I was like, I've not heard that one before. Anyway, left field, yeah. You feel so left field, like it just went, oh yeah, we're supposed to have a plot. Let's have this happen. Oh, that happens a lot in this movie. Instead of like building it up, at like there's no suspicious activity apart yeah. from this being a conversion camp. And then they're yeah. just like, and now there's torture it's and like, dead people. Yeah, the plot <laughs> advances when you don't expect it to. And when you do expect it to, nothing happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. It's so, so yeah. This movie has major pacing issues. Yeah. Uh, Molly says they need to be careful as Owen already does not like um, Jordan. Jordan. Uh, we see a room filled with dolls. We cut to a room that's completely filled with just I puppets. I could not stop laughing at this scene, especially when we realize that it's the groundskeeper's house. Like, okay. It's very funny. You're going to make a red herring. You're going to make it obvious, but that is too much. Yeah, that creepy is dolls. Like, Okay, this guy has definitely never done anything wrong in his entire life. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it was just like, and um, this is where the phones are being hacked. By the way, there's a computer sort of, uh, it's plugged into one of their phones, oh, okay. and it's like going that. through. It's doing like that, you know, cyber digital trying to figure right. out the password thing. I did not see that. It, it doesn't come of any. Nothing comes of it. I don't of know. What, nothing comes of it. I don't know what they were opening the phones for. What holes all over this movie. I'm like, why is he hacking into their phones? Why does it matter? He's gonna make them straight anyway. Yeah, like you know that there's going to be gay shit on their phones. You already know that. Is it to find new victims or I don't know? Don't At least know. it's to get more emotional ammunition again. Maybe for the therapist. Yeah, it's, but it's all for Cora. Shouldn't have to go through and put two and two together like that. Like it doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah, we realise this is the caretaker's house. Uh, he sits down on the world's oldest computer. Yes. This thing is like from the 1980s. Yes. This is a fucking like monster of a computer. Yep. Um, Surprise! It runs at all. To watch illegal footage of the girls showering. Yes. Okay. That is the one wrong thing that he has done in his entire life. It was gross and creepy. Yes. It was. Granted. He, he planted some sort of camera in the girl shower. It's so gross and creepy that you know he's not the killer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's too obvious. Um, a masked figure smashes his face into the into yeah. the computer screen and kills him. And then that happens. And you're like, okay, this would have been way more shocking if he wasn't so obviously not the one who did it. Yeah. Like... And you're not even going to, like, draw out the red herring a bit, so... Yeah. It's like, yeah, we get, he's we get a creepy him. pervert. Yeah, he, he checked out the girls, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure there's, like, 500 people a day who do that, so that's not that. It's, or, it's not great, but it's not, like, out of the yeah. ordinary. It's not like he they caught him being a peeping Tom looking in their cabin or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. So the, again, there's no build-up. It just happens, and then suddenly it's resolved. Yeah. And you're like, okay. Yeah, they're just like, aha, he's a creepy pervert. And you're like, okay. And now he's dead. And now he's dead. And you're like, okay, well, so he's not the killer. Okay, All right. Cool. Well, what? <laughs> and I, this is, uh, my first thought was, is Owen the killer then? And he. I thought Owen was the killer for the longest time. Yeah, because I was like, Owen killed him for being disrespectful. I thought the he girls? was just killing him for being a gross pervert. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would make sense. Yeah. Uh, the next morning, we see the genders split. The genders, I say. The genders. The genders are, are split. The, this, this summer, summer. the genders. <laughs> Basically, the, the boys' cabin and the girls' cabin have to split off to go to... Because today they're exploring traditional gender roles. This is Yay. the other scene that is taken directly out of Butter My Jelly Dough. Oh, really? Yeah. The women have to go to the kitchen. Yep. And the men, I put, going hunting? And I, like, pat myself on the back. Yep, got that yep. one. Um, the girls are going to make pie to understand the happiness of their place in society. <laughs> I think that's how <laughs> Sarah puts it. 
basic yeah. essentially she waffles on for quite a bit but essentially that's what she's saying yeah um, we see guns hooray guns hello America yes I, I, I know you're there um, all men must love the shooty shooty bang bangs yes. so the guys are going to go do shooty shooty bang bangs yes men are hunters women are homemakers it's genetic truth you can't ag- can't argue because it's science is what Owen is talking about yep and I was like you can guarantee that every single one of these counsellors failed like level one biology yeah, yeah absolutely yeah I just put seriously question mark um but this is this is another point at which I was like the message that this movie is trying to get across is doing it in the most clumsy ham-fisted way yes, possible it's punching you like, in the face with it it's like we know that this is an argument that people use. You don't have to have K-Bake stood there spouting it off to us. Mm, K-Bake. <laughs> Took me a second to click what that was. <laughs> I was like, oh, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My man K-Bake. Um, he then talks about, you know, it's men's job to impregnate women and to hunt. That's their job. That's literally the only purpose you have is to hunt and to fuck. <laughs> yeah. And then I put another little rant of mine. I put, there's so many people on this earth. We could do with some more non-procreating people, I think. Then we can, you know, subdue global growth and take care of the children stuck in foster care systems. How about we do that instead? Yeah. How about we stop making everyone socially need to make babies and we get people to adopt the children that are abandoned in the foster care system? That would be great. There is a very believable conspiracy theory that um, the whole anti-abortion thing is largely being pushed because, and it's, <clears throat> there was something very recently that lent um, credits to this, um, is that they just want to keep breeding a workforce. I mean, we are in late stage capitalism, so. Yeah. It would, yeah. No, yeah, I know. We're yeah, getting so political. Not, <laughs> I know. I mean, that was always going to happen when we sat down to watch this movie. I know, right? Yeah. Like, uh, I had the misconception when I first suggested us doing this movie that we were just going to have a good time. It just didn't happen like that. I think I kind of did have a good time, but just like... Mm, Not in the right way. In the right way, yeah. <laughs> so girls make pies. Um, we get Sarah flirting with Kim. Um, when Veronica was like... Sarah referred to herself as like Barbie or something and Veronica leaned over to Kim and was like Barbie was never that hot I'm like she's so not hot she's pretty but her entire deal makes her repulsive she's oh, yeah. so gross she yeah yeah I don't I don't yeah. she, and that's usually my type I'm into the super femme girls yeah but like uh uh She's too well, it's because you know she's a bitch. The personality, exactly. like, immediately makes her exactly so like, unattractive. <laughs> my friends make fun of me for having a thing for mean girls, but, like, it has to be fun mean. If it's actually Yeah, well, you josh each other. Like, Not like, oh, yeah. you're a piece of shit and no one will exactly. ever love you. <laughs> you're like, yeah. you know, calling each other bitch from the other side of the room. You know, that kind of yeah. shit. Um, like, Pip was yeah. screaming at me while I was curled up under a table laughing. Like, that was funny. And yeah. it was great. But, like... This is no, this, no. It's not. She's not hot. <laughs> but basically, they're going to make their pies and then serve them to the boys when they get home from hunting because that's what ladies do. Yeah. Um, Again, completely disregarding the fact that even straight women, a lot of straight women, aren't good cooks and don't want to be housewives. Yeah. Just ignoring it. Yeah. We're just... Anyway. Uh, Molly, the nurse, discovers a... Well, does, probably doesn't discover. She probably knew it was there. Finds a boarded up cabin... 
Um, I love that she, this I liked as a little bit of symbolism as well, walks the line in the grass up to the steps. Mm -hmm. Did you notice this line as well? I did not. Half of the grass is green, half of it's like orange and like dead. Oh. And she walks on the line of it up to the cabin. I did not notice that. I was like, that's quite nice symbolism. I like that. It's probably unintentional by the movie makers, but (laughs) there it is. Uh, no, the bag under the car at the beginning was unintentional. Something like that has got to be intentional. Probably. So you think about the effort Maybe. that goes into shooting shit like that and like making it so that this perfect line up in the middle, that doesn't just happen naturally. Yeah, probably. It could have been a happy coincidence. Could have been. I don't know. I'm so We're like, so desperate to not give the filmmakers credit. <laughs> the thing is though, the filmmakers are trying so hard, but in all the wrong places. Yeah. Um inside she finds a padlock door, um, is then caught by Cora, who just fucking pops out of the shadows constantly. Um, okay, but this bit, right? Cora said something that made my little ears perk up and think that there was something else going on. Right. She was like, you are with the program, right? And I was like, what fucking program? Because at this point... I assume she just meant, you know, you know, um, agreeing with the, like, conversion stuff. Yeah, but, like... That's such a weird, specific way to say it. Mm. I was like, is there something else going on with these people? Are they part of some bigger, like, group? Like, Maybe she means, like, the torture stuff that they get into later. Maybe that's what she means. Oh, that's probably what she means. You know, are you part of the program? The program. As in, like, the, the torture that they're going to inflict the on people. The aversion therapy. The aversion. Yeah. Oh, God. Let's, anyway. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um... She checks that Molly is in on their plan, and then she says, I knew you were family, and I hate it. Horrible. Hate. A horrible... Like, it's clever that it uses the word family, right? Because yes. that is a phrase for the queer community, you know? Yeah. And it's it's a clever little, like, eh, eh, but it's like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't. Do not. We see the guys shooting. We learn that Jordan is an amazing shot. Oh, my God. I wanted to be Jordan so badly in this scene. It was insane. Uh, Zane challenges Jordan to a shooting contest. Um this is so weird. It was funny because Zane was all blustering and blah, 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 and I'm so good and I'm so big and I'm so manly and I'm bigger and stronger and better looking than you. Yeah. And Jordan just says they're saying nothing the entire time. Yeah. They're just like... They're just like, okay. You want to you wanna have a contest? On. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, right. um, I think it's Zane who talks about, I wonder what it feels like to be hunted when your opponent is bigger, stronger, better than you. And I was like, is this yeah. where this movie is heading? Are we heading into the, like, people hunting people thing? Because we did have that room of, like, trophies. Yes. And I was like, is that where it we're going? It would have been a better movie if they did. It would have been interesting. Like, they, they, they get the kids who don't want to convert and yeah. then, like, release them into the woods and hunt them or yeah. something like that. Yeah. That would have been more interesting. It would have been a better We'd get, like, movie. Battle Royale slash, yeah. like... Oh, Battle Royale is so it could be something like, like that but it, it just it uh, again it amounts to nothing this comment amounts to nothing it could have, it could have been like a, a your next meets final girl yeah and the when when okay when Jordan was talking to Molly after Molly caught them in the office right yes and they were like he has no idea who the fuck he's dealing with I was like Oh, is this going to be a your next situation? Are they going to completely turn it on its head? Your next and ready or not? <gasps> ready or not's like my favorite. Oh, I love it. I watch it at least once a month. It's the 
It's so good. It's so funny. It's, and that's what I was expecting to happen when they it, said that. It doesn't. Like, they make all these comments that allude to things that just, just don't, don't happen. happen. It's and they happen. It's the entire yes. way through this movie. And instead we get a generic, boring-ass slasher. It's, it's not even... I wouldn't even put it as being a slasher. Not enough people it's, die. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and those that do it's within like a five minute span like, yeah it's like five minutes in the end like five characters die yeah and we're like okay anyway uh, they have their shooting contests uh, Zane shoots two nines and two tens um, while Jordan shoots four tens just effortlessly Zane's like taking his shot his time between shots like yeah. aiming and boom pause boom pause Jordan rocks up and is just like boom 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 all four of them dead bullseye and then th- ah! and then three pie cones off the tree and then three pine cones off the tree just to prove a point. Yeah. Just to be like, I'm better than you. Um, Owen congratulates Jordan on beating Zane um, and mentions that uh, Jordan continues to surprise him. Um, Owen talks about uh, hunting living things is their biological imperative and asks who wants to be a killer. And I was like, we're, we're heading into the hunting thing. They're going to like, you know, tell the tell Toby to run and then make one of the other ones shoot him or something like that. Is that where we're going with this? I, I kind of wish they did. It would have been a better movie. It would have been more yeah. interesting. Um, the girls finish baking. Um, Sarah belittles Veronica because her pie isn't perfect. And Veronica's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, she's like, she's like, I don't care. It's like you didn't try. It's like, I, yeah, I didn't. <laughs> like, and she's like, you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, but Veronica doesn't give a shit. Um, girls are released to have free time, but she keeps Kim behind. Uh, Sarah cuts a slice of Kim's pie and hits on her. This this is disgusting. Is full on awful. disgusting. It's awful. It's an attempt at entrapment. You can she's trying yeah. to goad her into something, and I think Kim knows that as well. And it's she's like, got to. She like scoops the pie, like the pie filling out on a finger, and, and like talking sucks about, like, it off. You're and like, like mm. you'll like this pie. That's it's the bit that made me feel and, like, sick. The curves on the outside, and blah 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 blah. And I'm like, this is. It's horrible. no. It was the line where she was like, "You're just like this pie, you know, warm on the inside." And I was like, "Oh." She said something uh, like, "I bet you're delicious on the inside too," something or something like, like that. that. And it was just like, you could not be any more obvious about this. Like you, the effort I it takes it. to make. Me, a girl crazy lesbian, be like, at the scene. <laughs> it's just so cringy. Oh, it's awful. I just put, it's a trap, Kim. It's a trap. <laughs> That's bait. <laughs> yes. Um, Kim pushes her away and leaves. Good uh, for you, Kim. I was so glad that she ran off. Yeah, I'm so glad. Um, we switch back to the man, the men's group. Um Mm-hmm. Oh yes, uh, Owen's talking about which man is going to step up and live up to their gender. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, bitch, you don't speak for all men. Fuck off. That too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Owen picks Toby because nobody volunteers. Um, and, and because Toby's Toby, you can tell he was going to pick him anyway. Yeah. Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna pick on the most feminine guy there. Yep. Definitely. Although Alexandra, I'm surprised he didn't go with Alexandra. Yeah, I feel like from a movie-making perspective, he'd already tormented Alexandra quite a bit, so it was somebody else's turn. Oh, so now it's, now it's Toby's <laughs> time to have, to have the fun. Yeah. Um, uh, Owen tells Toby to shoot Duke the dog. 
because Duke has cancer. And prior to this, Gabriel did make a comment to Jordan. Was it Jordan? I think it's Jordan. Um, about look at the way that that dog is walking. Like it's really sick. Yeah. I had a dog that was that sick and it walked like like was really sick and it walked like that. Yeah. So we knew that we knew the dog was sick. Uh, Toby refuses. Because of think. course. Because he does. she would. Because he's not a monster. Yeah. Any sane person, straight or otherwise, would say no. This scene was so fucked up. Um, Toby has to shoot him or Zane is going to break the dog's legs with a sledgehammer. One by one. One by one. And Owen goes into excruciating detail describing how much Duke is going to suffer and how he's going to howl because he doesn't know what's going on. Yes. Um, And I just put, can we shoot Owen instead? Or Zane? Or both? Both is good. (laughs) Shoot. Shoot Zane first so he doesn't hurt the dog. And then shoot Owen in the confusion. You know what? Jordan had exactly two bullets left. No. I don't know how many. I don't know how many. Oh, no. Yeah, because they fire them at the end, don't they? Ah. Could have shot both of them. Oh, but uh, they use a bullet to shoot the dog. Yeah, so he has has three left. He uses one to shoot Duke and then shoots two off into the sky. Ah, okay. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Yeah, Owen uh, uh, Owen berates Toby while Jordan makes the shot killing Duke. Yeah, what in the middle of yeah, Owen screaming in Toby's face. Literally, like a quarter like, of an inch away from his face, screaming at him, calling him a pussy and a fag and Yeah, and like Toby's shaking so hard that the gun is rattling. Like And he's like, don't miss. Don't miss, don't miss, don't miss. And then there's a gunshot. Yeah. And it was it was Jordan. It was Jordan. Taking the shot for Toby. Before turning the gun on Owen and I'm like, do it! Oh yes! Fucking do it! Like, Amazing. It's gonna happen. And then it didn't. And then it didn't. It's almost kind of more badass that they turned the gun on Owen and stood there for a second, dead eyeing him. Yes. And then shot the rest of his bullets up into the sky and hurled his gun away. Yeah. Air gun away and stormed off. Yeah. It's like, I could have done this, but, like, but I'm a better person than you. But Owen gets the satisfaction from this because he turns around and he's like, there's, there's my killer. There's my killer. Oh. Like, oh, I win. And I'm like, oh, fuck you. Jordan empties the clip and throws the gun away. Um, next thing we see, we see Kim sitting on the dock having a smoke. Veronica joins. Kim talks about what happened. Uh, she's trying so hard to be straight. Veronica reveals that she's actually writing a think piece for college. It's like a college paper. Um, on the screwed up nation nature of conversion camps. Yeah, so, so she's just there because she's a reporter. Yeah, basically. so she is voluntary. Yeah, but she's not trying to be straight. Yeah, um, the two of them kiss. I found no. Okay, I found this so funny because the exact line that Kim says, um, no, the exact sign. So <laughs> Kim just says, <laughs> "I keep on expecting Jason Voorhees to pop out of these woods," and Veronica goes. Who's Jason Voorhees? And then Kim leaps on her. Like, you don't know who Jason Voorhees is? That's so hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even think about so that. so funny. Um, the two of them kiss, and then more. And then Wink. I was like, oh, they're going for it, going for they're it. They're going in full on. broad daylight, on the pier, in full view of anybody who could walk past. Yeah, anyone heading to the cabins is gonna see. Uh, yeah. But good on them, they're having a good time. It's a very... I th- one of, one of the things that hilariously wins this movie points for me is it's incredibly self-indulgent gay sex scenes. Yes. You get a full-on shot of Veronica's head between Kim's legs. It is not... And she is having a great oh, time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we see Alexandra, Jordan, and Toby 
um, sitting in their cabin talking about leaving. Uh, they're going to steal the bus in the morning, get everyone who wants to leave out before dawn. Yeah. Um, we see Stu swimming. Um, Gabriel joins. He's surprisingly muscular as well. Like, he takes off his clothes. And I was like, he's like a fucking bodybuilder. Jesus. Wait, wait, wait where is it? <laughs> <laughs> My note is literally, holy shit, the long-haired twink is jacked. <laughs> but also, when I saw um, Stu swimming in the river... We had just seen Kim and Veronica by the river. I thought that that's where that was going, that he was going to see them. Oh, okay. And like, <gasps> what, lesbians? Scandalized. Um, but no, we've got Gabriel. Gabriel joins Stu. Um, they touch, they kiss before they head into the abandoned cabin for more kinky, kinky fun times. It's funny because at first I was like... This is weird. There has been no build-up to this. No. If anything, absolutely. you would expect Stu and Toby to get Exactly. Together. Thank you. But then Gabriel was like, wait. He like pulls away from the kiss and he's like, not here. And then it cuts them to the cabin. And I was like, thank you. This guy knows what's up. Don't do it in the middle of the friggin' public space in broad daylight where somebody can see you. Yes. Like, Ugh. And then I later found out it was the gay torture cabin. And I was like, oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's less sexy. It's, it's, it's not all rainbows here. It's not great. Um, but yeah, they're in there. My note here just says, so they, they, they like kiss, they make out, uh, Gabriel undresses, and then Stu goes up behind him, and they... they it's they, another very self-indulgent gay sex. They have gay sex. They, they like, have gay sex. They have gay sex. <laughs> oh my God. My note here... Gay my, sex. My only note here is just, no lube? Wow. <laughs> Same note! I was like, oh my God, just right in, just go right in dry. You boys don't have lube or anything. <laughs> Charlie, what the fuck? <laughs> Thank God it wasn't just me. I was like, no loop at all? Like, not even. Damn, Gabriel. Oh my God. <laughs> like, they're repressed teenagers who, like, are trying not to be gay. They probably haven't had gays. Hmm. So things aren't stretched out down there. Exactly. And you go in dry? Go in dry. No prit at all. Like, damn, you guys are, like, determined. <laughs> That's like that. That part made me go. Are we sure that the director, the writer, is actually gay? Because he should know better. Yeah, there's not even like. I know it's like no even attempt at like a makeshift like, lube or anything like that. You there's could just nothing. Have one of them without a condom, and we could assume that it was a lubricated condom. Like it's not. It's astounding. <sighs> anyway, yeah, that was my only note for this sex scene. It's just no lube. No lube. Wow. Yeah. Same. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, Gabriel looks down at as, uh, at Stu as he's sleeping. Um, clearly, they've already done the deed. Um, Gabriel has a weird look on his face. He right has now. a very weird lube yeah. look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't very... have any lube, Jacob. We've established this. <laughs> no. Um, he wakes up and he's basically he basically admits that he's happy with himself for what for what they've done. Uh, Gabriel talks about predators and prey. You know, which one are you, the predator or the prey? Because I know which one I am. Yeah, this is when shit started to get weird. And the lights come on and Owen and Zane reveal themselves. Uh, Stu tries to leave, but um, but is stopped. Uh, and Gabriel reveals that he is a mole. He is, as K-Bake puts it, and this is my second favorite line in the entire movie, the forbidden fruit. And then K-Bake says, pardon the expression. I lost it. I fucking love the word fruit derogatory. Yeah. It's the funniest thing in the world to me. So when he said that, I was like... <laughs> it was... 
<laughs> this it was so stupid as well because there was no build up for this reveal it, either. It absolutely wasn't. I like there was absolutely no. Reason we never see Gabriel. That Gabriel talk, yeah. was anything other than what he said he was. And also, how does his position work? It's like so weird. as a gay man working for the conversion for the conversion camp but is allowed to be gay and indulge in gayness but only to entrap because he's entrapping the campers but it's, it's not like he gets them with their pants down and then Owen walks out and goes, yeah, he gotcha. actually fucks them. Yeah, he actually fucks them and then that's the trap. Yeah, you could easily, as yeah, that's a really good point. They could easily walk in before the deed actually gets done. Yeah, caught him with his pants down with a boner and just been like, haha, you are gay, now we yeah. torture you. Yeah. But it's not, he has like full on sex. Yeah. And then it's like when Stu's waking up that yeah. he's like, haha, I and caught you. Like, into it. He's, oh, he's obviously definitely. having a great time somehow without Luke. <laughs> I know, right? And yeah, I just came to the conclusion that he's just evil. Yeah, just He's just evil. Just evil. But um Owen shows him a new room. Uh this I assume is the padlocked room. Um and they sit him down in a chair. We realize this is going to be aversion therapy. They tie him down. And he says, look on the bright side, in my grandfather's day you would have been lobotomized. I literally, one of my notes is like, look at the bright side, we are giving you a lobotomy. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, k Gee, thanks. What? That's such an improvement. They gag him, Gabriel reveals a set of car batteries and a TV, they attach wires to Stu's chest. Um, yeah, why is Gabriel helping them? I don't understand his motivation at all. I feel like he's just... This is not being brainwashed a little bit, but this is not a good movie twist either it's because not, you have doesn't make sense. You have zero way of figuring this out. Yeah, it's like they they they're trying to do a gotcha, but it's not a gotcha because we never suspected anything at all. Yeah, you can't just like. <sighs> it's yeah. stupid. People like I think there's such a knee jerk reaction to like things being and people guessing plot twists and stuff in media these days that a lot of creators have gone in this direction where they don't leave any clues because yeah. they're so worried it's doing about a hereditary. figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it's like, that's the fun of it. The fun of it is figuring it out. Yeah. My, like, the, the best one I can think of where it's like trying to subvert your expectations is... Um, fucking Knives Out. Have you seen Knives I Out? I love Knives Out. Because when Knives you Knives Out is amazing. Yeah, they give you a they give you a scenario. They give you the crime, and they give you like twelve different suspects. They literally and then tell ev- you every new what yeah, and every new piece of information like pieces together to try and get you to figure out who the killer is. Because it's like, uh, the one I remember is like, there was a muddy footprint on the windowsill where she climbed in yes. at one point. And I was like, about- but when she climbed through the window, she didn't step on the windowsill. She stepped over the windowsill. Yeah. So somebody else stepped there. So I went, oh, okay. That cancels off this person and this person. And, and this movie, just none of it. Absolutely none of it. What I really liked about Knives Out is that it was like, here is exactly what happened. You know that, spoilers for Knives Out, that she killed him. It was an accident. Yeah. You know that she did it. Yeah. You know. You're told by the movie, this is what happened. Mm. And then you work backwards. And then you work backwards. And suddenly it's like, oh wait, that's not what happened. You're like, but wait, she didn't? Yeah. Oh. But then who? What? But then, 
But what? she's convinced she did. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, God, I love that movie. Yeah, anyway. such a great movie. But yeah, anyway, yeah, that's a good example of how this is done. Yes. And then we've got they, them, who's just like, ha, ah, we got you. And we're like, you didn't really you, get us because... You haven't connected any... Like, I've connected that you haven't connected shit. Yeah, yeah, it's... There's no dots to connect. There's, no, there's not. You just drew a smiley face at the end and went, la, ha, ha. It really doesn't, yeah, make any sense at all. Um... Anyway, the conversion therapy, I'm just basically avoiding talking about this scene. It's not good. They turn on the TV showing pictures of um, girls in lingerie and sexy men posing and shock him whenever he shows any interest in any sexy men, basically. Well, it's just whenever he sees a sexy man. Just whenever there's a man up on screen. Yeah. He um, doesn't even have to react to it. He just has to look at it. There's just a slight pause, though, that made me think it was when he showed interest in it. It's not. It's, it's just whenever there's a man on screen. It's just. It's supposed to train you to be repulsed by that image mm. so it doesn't matter how you react to it the association has to come from you seeing that and seeing that and then feeling the pain right it's That's how it works it's fucking monstrous in theory yeah in theory um i just put this goes on for way too long there's like it lingers it's way like five too minutes long. of this shit way too which is long. about one of my notes too here long. is i really don't think the subject matter is being given the respect it deserves yeah Thank you. Yeah. I completely agree. Uh, we see Molly sat in her office. Owen and Zane bust in carrying Stu. We can see the burn marks down his fucking chest. Um, she tells them they're insane. Uh, and Owen threatens her. So she quits and um, tells them that she's going to go to the police. Which I did find kind of funny. Because yeah. in this day and age, especially in America, small town America, you think the police are going to give a shit? Which is exactly what Owen says. Yes. But like... Yeah, he's like, I'm a pillar of the community. You yeah. can't do shit. You of all people should know that you cannot go to the cops with this. And he even says, he even says, you think anyone gives a shit what I'm doing to these perverted, perverted kids? kids? Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah. off movie. <laughs> um, so oh, ham-fisted. Owen tells her to stabilize Stu and tomorrow she needs to be gone. He doesn't want her in the camp anymore. We see a wall of kids photos. Uh, we're in the psychiatrist's cabin, I assume. Mm-hmm. Cora's cabin. Gabriel enters, and I put, are they related? This is where I thought, like, they're definitely not related, because he's, like, um, Latino or something. Like, he's got a very thick accent. But the way they talk together, I was like, is this... This is what I think. I, my theory is that he was one of the kids from the conversion camp, and for some reason, somehow, right. he ended up becoming this tool that they use. But, like, he treats them like they're his parents, right? He, like, kisses her cheek and then goes to get a cookie and, like, grabs two. And she's like, only take one. And he's like, oh, please. Like, it's a mother-son. Yeah, that's what I thought. But then... uh, I think that he is a former camper um, camper that has somehow just been brainwashed into this. Either through the most brutal form of gaslighting or the fact that... As I said before, he is just pure evil, and he's just a sadist, and he just likes to see people suffer. Maybe. And maybe this was his way of indulging indulging his gayness. And, exactly. He gets fucked. And furthering the cause. He gets no repercussions. Yeah. Mm. Ugh, it's fucking stupid. It's anyway, yeah. uh, we see pictures of bound women in a sort of 1950s style. Oh, that um, put-up picture on the wall. Yeah, it's yeah. like a like a 1950s like is, King Kong-style It was picture. a very confusing cut, because this is a cut yes. to a different scene. This is a completely different cabin. Yeah. But it throws you for a loop, because you're like, yeah. wait, where are we? Mm-hmm. Um, we sort of pan around, and we see Zane and his fiancée in bed. 
Um, she shows him some sexy swimmer guys. He shows her some sexy women in lingerie. No, no, but did you notice that it was Kim? Like, he was looking through Kim's Instagram. Oh, was it? It was a picture of Kim. Oh. Oh, that's gross. Oh, and was it Stu? Was it Stu? Was the... I don't think it was Stu, but, like, specifically, he showed her a picture of Kim. Ugh. Ugh. So that, yeah. Uh, so Sarah really does like Kim sexually. Yeah. Yeah, they're very much overcompensating for each other's sexuality. I found this scene very interesting because, like, they're trying so hard to be straight, even though they are acknowledging to each other in this moment that they are not. Yes. They're playing the part. Yeah. So they they dry hump, um, but both of them are looking at the other one's phone's pictures. Well, she just has her eyes closed. No, no, she has a phone in front of her. No, she doesn't. She has her eyes closed. Oh, really? She's just not even looking at him. He's oh. looking at the phone next to... Both yeah. of the phones are beside them on the bed. Oh. His one is face up next to the pillow, and he's staring at that while he's... Going at it. Going at it. <laughs> and she's just got her eyes closed. She's not, not even looking at him. Oh, it's so gross. Um, both of them get axed to death by the masked figure. Very suddenly. Very suddenly. Very suddenly. Out of nowhere. Again, like, there's no build-up to this. You're just like, oh, they're having weird, straight, gay sex. <laughs> And suddenly they're dead. And then my note here just says, oh yeah, I forgot this guy was in this movie. <laughs> the, the masked figure. Yeah. And it's not even... It just pops up and then axes them and I went, oh yeah, there's a killer. <laughs> even the murder scenes aren't done well. It's like they fundamentally misunderstand why people watch horror movies. Yes. You don't even... It's just like a blood splatter on the wall for every single one of these murders. Yeah. And it's like, we don't get the enjoyment of the kill. The only... In, uh, the only like actual like torture and violence is bestowed upon Stu Stu and like people and like just the the emotional trauma that's bestowed on, on like Toby, Toby yeah, Jordan and- Alexandra yeah Kim Veronica like yeah. there's no enjoyment because we never get the the like killer getting his recompense we don't get the killer being shot by yeah. the the there final is, girl we don't get there is one scene that kind of does it Mm. Which is coming up, I believe. All right, we'll, we'll talk yeah. about it when we get there. Yeah. Um, next thing we see, we see Gabriel floating in the lake. He's enjoying his cookies. He's um, having a great time. He just got railed. He's happy as. Yeah, he's happy as. His hand touches something weird. Uh, he looks up and it's the caretaker's body. He screams and um, sort of flees back to land and is knocked out and wakes up in the conversion therapy chair. Yes. Great. Is- I'm happy about this. <laughs> This is the one time that the movie allows you a little bit of, like, you a little bit deserve of, this. Yeah, a little bit of justice yes. for the audience. Yeah. Um, you can actually hear the hiss of electricity from the car batteries, which I kind of liked as yeah. an effect. Um, the mass killer shows the same pictures um, of all the sexy women, sexy men, yeah. but flicks through them so, so fast. fast. Yeah. And then just electrocutes Gabriel to death. Yep. Great. It's what he deserves. Um, also, cool mask. I like the design of the mask for the killer. The half wrinkled, half small, sewn in the middle. Yeah, I was kind of ambivalent, not ambivalent. I was kind of like, eh, like, it's all right. It's, it's a, pretty stock standard. Yeah, I, I like the design. Yeah. I thought it was 
<laughs> Maybe it's because the rest of the movie is so like bland. Maybe. Yeah, actually, it's a really <laughs> but this good mask thing. was actually like, oh, that's quite nice. I like yeah, that design. They actually put effort into this part. Yeah. yeah. We see Veronica, Veronica and Kim head to the mess hall um, to get snacks. Um, they find four corpses in the mess hall, just all lined up. This will be what Gabriel, the caretaker, Zane, and Sarah. Sarah and Gabriel. Yeah, Gabriel's yeah, in there it as was, well. Again, so weird, so sudden. Like, there's no build up. They're just there to scare the girls, presumably. Yes. And there's like, no, like, reason for them being there. It's just. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, Owen tells everyone to go to their cabins. Um, there is no cell phone signal, so there's no point having cell phones. Um, they're not giving guns to kids yet yeah, this fucking time. Because they're like, already given guns to kids. Yeah, they're like, they're like, oh, we need the guns. There's a killer here. And he's like, I'm not giving guns to kids. I'm like, you, you just, just did. did. Like earlier today. Yeah. <laughs> you berated Toby to try and shoot a fucking dog. Yeah. Like, what do you mean you, you can't have guns? You literally got now? one of them to kill a dog. It's because he knows that they'll shoot him. <laughs> of course they will. Um, Jordan stands up for them and says that they need to get out. Um, Molly, uh, Molly agrees and decides to get everyone out on the bus. Um, Toby runs to go get Stu from the infirmary because they like they built a little connection together after yeah. staying all night together. That's and very sweet. yeah, what does he say? He's like, he's basically my husband now. Yeah, he's just like, I need to go he's get really Stu, cute. and he's like, he's basically my husband now. Yeah, <laughs> and just runs off to go get him. Um, Owen gives the Owen gives Cora the keys to the gun rack and tells her to get two guns, one for himself and one for her. Mm-hmm. Um, Owen thinks one of the kids is the killer um, as the only bodies are of the four team members. However, there is a big however here. Right, go for it. Literally, who else knew about Gabriel? Nobody. Oh, yeah, big... She was in the infirmary unconscious. The only... The only... Yeah, the only um, camper who knew about Gabriel is Stu. Stu, and he's unconscious in the infirmary. And he's unconscious in the infirmary. Yes, that makes no sense either. No. Wow, they couldn't even do the red herrings, right? Yeah, they couldn't. <laughs> um, I was like, that, that actually made me think it's him. That it's and he's Owen. throwing off the scent. Right. Yeah, I spent 90% of this movie thinking it's Owen. Yeah. Um, Toby goes to Stu in the infirmary. He wakes up. They hold hands. It's very sweet. It's very yeah. cute. Cora goes to go get the guns. Um, something comes up behind her and she screams. Yep. Again, we don't get to see her death. Very unfortunate. Because this is the one I really wanted to see. Blue balls again. Blue balls again. Um, Alexandra doesn't want to wait. Yep. So she takes a key, she takes a, a team of camp members, all the all unnamed the characters, unnamed background characters. <laughs> I love this. This was so funny. It was funny. so funny. I was like, okay, bye. You're all either gonna die or you're gonna be totally fine. She was. She was just like, I'm not waiting around. I'm leaving. And I was like, cool. Yeah. No, that's fair. Just make sure you go as a group. And then she was just like, and I think it's Jordan who was like, take them take with, them with you. take and them with just, you. And she turns around. I, was, and I, I just, swear, I swear to God, the unnamed background characters were like, like, they were like undergoing mitosis in the background. I swear to God, there were like four of them to start with. And in this shot, there's like ten 12. of them. It's like ten like, or twelve. You're like, where did all of these people come from? <laughs> it's so funny. It's so pointless it's, you know how much time and money you could have saved just not having those characters there yeah they didn't serve a point at all you could even build tension of by having Alexandra uh, Alexandra panic and walk off on her own yes and then like hear rustling in the woods and you're like yes. oh, no Alexandra no but they don't do that it's so and they bad don't. so she takes all the unnamed characters and starts walking out of the camp 
Uh, Molly gives her phone and the password to the phone uh, to Alexandra so she can call for help when she gets in signal range. Smart. Uh, yeah, that's smart. Good on you, Molly. And this leaves us with Molly, Jordan, Kim and Veronica together. We've got Owen somewhere. And then we've got Stu and um, Toby together in the infirmary. Mm-hmm. So that's everyone who's left in the camp. Molly goes to go to get the generator started, which they never mentioned a generator in this movie. So, okay. I mean, presumably they would have to have one. But yeah, it's again, they just make shit up on the spot. And yeah. just expect you to go with it. And I, I guess this is the hint that she's not who she says she is because we've never had but then it sounds reasonable reasonable enough that you don't yeah there's no reason not to believe her i didn't consider that at all i was just like but, oh yeah they've got a generator i guess that makes sense yeah like, yeah and jordan's uh jordan goes to get the guns um veronica and kim head to the infirmary to help with Stu getting Stu out um do you know what i was really upset about in this scene what Jordan goes up to Kim and Veronica and was like, can either of you shoot? And without a, like, without even a beat, both of them are like, yes. Mm. And Jordan's like, hell yeah, you can. Like, they're so proud. So you think, you think this is going somewhere. Like, because of we're gonna how get... Jordan was behaving during, at the shooting range, mm. because of how they asked Kim and Veronica that question pointedly. And we could have had like a final stand with like, all the characters we like, like Jordan, Veronica, Alexandra, Toby. It literally feels like it's ramping up to like a kids or even, versus counselors situation. Yeah, or even like the last, like all the counselors get killed off and now it's the kids against the killer. And we have what Jordan, Veronica, Kim, Toby with guns, yeah. like protecting Stu in the infirmary or yeah. something like that. But no, it again, it means again, nothing. It, just, it goes it nowhere. Goes, no, I was so angry about that. I was like, hell yeah, you can both shoot. You go, you funky little lesbians. And then it never happened. And then it, they don't shoot again. They don't even touch a gun. They don't touch the gun in the movie at all. A gun, any gun. Any gun, ever. Jordan enters the main cabin, sees the four corpses of the counselors. Um, uh... Jordan heads to the office where the guns are. Owen enters, so they hide in the cupboard. Owen opens a lockbox from the desk, which has a revolver inside. Mm-hmm. And I put, wait, where's Cora's body? And then Jordan moves back in the cupboard and finds Cora's body. And I was like, oh, okay, there it is. Oh, there she is. <laughs> and, I went, and I went, wait, why did the killer hide this body? Yeah. Why the, why, is it just for this scare? Is that why we're hiding this body? Is that the only There's reason? There's absolutely no fucking logic to anything this person is doing. It's like because horror movie. Yeah, pretty much. No logic. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, it's so much of this movie is that. Uh, Owen leaves but is punched back into the room by the masked figure. The the figure unmasks to reveal it's Molly. And my note here just says, what? Yeah. And I, I was a little suspicious of her. Mm. Um, purely based on the fact that... Um, Gabriel got killed. If Gabriel hadn't been killed, right, I would not have seen it. Mm. But literally, who else would have known that he would have been in on it? Nobody yeah. else knew. Again, I'm not even sure how she knew. To be quite honest, she's only, she's, she's new. She's only just showed up there. Yeah, that day. they mentioned that she was new. Unless, um, unless Owen Cora mentioned it when she was like, "Are you part of the program?" Like Maybe. after that, but like you should again, you shouldn't have to put two and two together like that. Like. Like, maybe if if they'd given us that information that Molly knew, 
then maybe I could yeah. accept it as a reveal. I was just like, she's staff, so I guess she's the only logical person who would know about Gabriel. But, but again, it still doesn't make it's, sense. It's yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's so left field; it just comes out of nowhere, and yeah. you just sort of shrug and go, "All right, okay." I suppose. Yeah. Um, she reveals her actual name is Angie. Molly is dead, and she took her place. AKA the poor lesbian with the backpack under her car at the beginning of the movie yeah the, the woman from the beginning of the movie <laughs> I spent like my first beginning notes I called I called that person they they them just in case right because I wasn't sure if this was going to be like we're, yeah. ki- we're killing all the trans non-binary so yeah. I was like I was being careful because I didn't want to misgender them by accident mm. and it turns out they are a she so that's fine <laughs> I guess, guess. <laughs> um yeah, Molly was the opening kill, and this is Angie. She came here when she was 14. She underwent the aversion therapy, became suicidal, but realized she could do something about it. Um, she tells Owen that he's basically hollowing people out mm-hmm. with this shit. She plans to expose him, let them, let the counselors take the fall for, or let him take the fall for the murders, so parents won't send their kids to conversion camps anymore. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't understand the logic. I was like, bold of you to assume that parents still would not send their kids to conversion camps. Oh yes, that. Parents who do this do not love their children. So is she is she planning on killing Owen then, or planning on? Is it just supposed to be like, oh no, five people died in a conversion camp. Better not send my child to a conversion camp. <sighs> it pl- it sounds like that to begin with, but then she starts talking about going around to other conversion camps and doing the same thing, and yeah. it's like, what? What is the plan here? Like, I don't know what her plan is. I was mm. anyway. Uh, Owen overpowers her, starts strangling her, um, and Jordan gets hold of his revolver, which Owen had dropped, and holds him at gunpoint until he lets Angie go. Um, Angie tries to convince Jordan to kill Owen. Owen does the opposite, being like, you don't want to kill me, I'm a great guy. Um, And Jordan refuses to kill him. I'm strong enough not to do this. I this. This line is awful. I also found it really funny that, like, Angie at this point was screaming at Jordan to kill K-Bake. And, like, sure... This is an already stressed, panicked, scared teenager. Let's just start screaming at them. That's really yeah. going to improve the situation. <laughs> you might know him for this. Just underneath the, the line. <laughs> I wrote this as this line came out where, where, the, where Jordan's like, I'm strong enough not to do this. And I just wrote, there's so much cheese here, it might as well be fondue. It's so bad. It's so... It's <sighs> such pacifist bullshit the entire way through this movie i was waiting i was like i want to get my but jordan's queer been, theory jordan's been shown as a fighter though and a badass and he can use the guns and he's just sorry i'm constantly misgendering them he they just <laughs> they're just, that, they, they've spent this entire movie being a fighter and then like yes they've been pacifists but it feels like it's because of the situation but now they're in a life and death situation I feel like this character would just cap him and be over with it I have a theory about why it ended like this go on go for it at the end of the day the movie is being funded by people who want to make money from the movie yes Yes. so they want it to reach the widest audience possible 
Yes. I think that if they had one of the queer characters actually, like, especially, like, the protagonist, Mm. if they let them have their queer fury, I feel like it would, they think it would alienate the straights. Right. Okay. And I feel like they weren't willing to tell a story that would in any way imply that the good TM straights that are watching this movie and are on the side of the kids might be in any way complicit in this kind of thing happening, which to a degree they are because it's a societal problem. It's not individual responsibility, but they're part of the group that Mm. do this to us, right? And I think that they wanted to avoid confronting people with that reality as much as possible to make the movie marketable, to make money. So again, we're talking about like pushing the agenda over making a story. Yes. But also they're not... They're pushing an agenda, but they're not putting their back into it. Yes. Right? Because they don't want to piss off the people that they're pushing against. Yes. It's... Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like corporate uh, corporations putting up the rainbow flag for, like, Pride Month. Yeah, exactly. And, like... It's, it's putting, just like, for the money. Putting gay characters in movies that can very easily be cut out for when they ship them to other places. You know? Yes. It's the exact same thing, I think. Okay. Yeah, no, I completely understand that. And that's why I think we didn't get... We just got this piss-weak, like, flaccid fucking ending. Oh, God, yeah. This ending is so fucking limp-dick. Angie rams Owen into the rhino rhino horn after uh, Jordan refuses to kill him uh, and then slits his throat. um, Then reveals that she wants to take Jordan on as a protege... We hear sirens in the background, and Angie starts formulating the story for the police. You know, what are they going to tell them? Jordan stops her and says no more lies. Um, They refuse her offer to be a protege, and Jordan just wants to uh, live life their way. Mm -hmm. Jordan leaves, meeting police at the door. My little note here says, Please not shooting a minority on first contact at a crime scene. Not realistic enough. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is a very weak ending. Also, why is a queer horror movie featuring cops making everything okay again? Like, queer people as a group, we do not like cops. Mm. It would not be we our have. first instinct to be like, thank God the police are here. Historically, like, like we've been bombasted by police and yeah. like... And it's not even that abused long ago. And... I have a trans friend who has been harassed by a cop. Like... Mm. Like, not that long ago, just because she was trans. Like, it's it happens. It's not... And that's here. Mm. That's not even in the States. Yeah, we have it better here than we do... Uh, than they do in the US. Uh, definitely than the US. Here. Yeah. Like, it, it's, it's one of the minor unrealistic things about this movie. Yes. But it's so unrealistic. It's so unrealistic. No queer person sees a cop and feels safe. Unless uh, they don't know better. Yeah. We switch to daytime. We see um, Jordan being loaded into an amb... Not Jordan. We see Stu being loaded into an ambulance. Why did I write Jordan? Uh, Stu's being loaded into an ambulance. Toby's going with him. Um, They're a couple now. It's very cute. Hooray. They are very cute. They are very cute as a couple. I support them. Yeah. Yeah. I just wish they had a better movie to be in. Yeah, same. Um, We see Angie get arrested. Um, Kim and Veronica are now dating. I did not okay look I am all for the Kim and Veronica pairing I did not like how Kim appeared to be so 
needy and clingy yes. like literally rubbing her face on veronica's arm the entire time it was weird it was weird thank you i'm not the only one who knows this thank you it was so weird she's like nuzzling her i understand that you just went through like a life-threatening situation i guess but like my dog does this when she wants to under the, get under the blanket yeah <laughs> like bizarre. it's weird i expected veronica to be like uh thanks but no thanks like yeah. this is odd so they're now dating together. Oh, we get another awfully cheesy line. Uh, maybe it's just the delivery. I don't think Kim delivered this line particularly well. The, um, you know, what are you going to tell your parents? And she says, uh, oh, we'll, we'll tell, tell them, them together. together. Also, just drop that on a bitch. Like, will you tell them? Will, will you come with me? Like, yeah. Will you be there with me? Would have been so much better. Yeah. Ask the question. Don't tell. Maybe Veronica doesn't want to be involved in that shit. You don't know. Yeah. Oh, and it when I think about stuff like this I always think like a, a really great representation that I personally love of this sort of stuff is from Viva Vendetta do you know Viva Vendetta? I love Viva Vendetta you know the entire well, I loved it more before it became a fuckboy classic but you know yeah it's oh good. it's a fuckboy classic now? Oh, a lot of like edge lords um, completely missed the point of the movie and oh. just focused on blowing up, blow up government good oh yeah. Oh, is this where this is where the, why the V mask is like the anonymous, the anonymous thing? thing yeah. Oh, yeah, that's fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the entire the entire stuff with um, Natalie the, Portman and the like letters being passed through yes. the wall. Yeah. I think about that whenever I want like a genuine lesbian or gay relationship mm-hmm. that it like pulls on your heartstrings properly. Yeah, that was really good. That makes me cry you every time I watch crazy it. Crazy about that. Mm. That movie was not that long ago comparatively, right? Yeah. But the world was still in such a place at the time where I watched it and I was like, this cannot be what, I, what I'm what i seeing. Because really? gay representation and gay shit in movies did not exist even then. No. I was like, there's no way that they'd put this in a movie and not in a good light. No. But then, yeah, Vivian did it so well. It really did. It because then you had, you had Stephen Fry as well, who was like a, a gay man in hiding. That was not Stephen Fry. Yeah, it was. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. Hundred percent, it was not. Stephen Fry. Ste- no. He's the gay man who like runs the TV show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not. Fucking Google that shit. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah, do it. Because I can see the guy's face in my head. It's not Stephen Fry. It's Stephen Fry. Not- He's the presenter that. Do you want to put money on this? Because I know <laughs> it's not. That Natalie Portman works for. It's Stephen Fry. She hides in his house when she's like. She it's escapes. another very prominent British actor, but it's not Stephen Fry. Hang on. You're scrolling through now? Yep. Oh, everyone hold your breath. We're, we're looking no, at... No, Stephen Fry is in it, but it's... Yeah, he's the he's the presenter guy. He does, like, a mock no, of... No, I've got someone else... Um, maybe it's just been a really long time since I've seen this movie. I knew that Stephen Fry was in it. I didn't think that was him, though. Yeah, he's the one who, Maybe like... it's just because it's an old movie and he looked way younger. <laughs> maybe. He... I swear to God he had a completely different face, though. Maybe I'm thinking hmm. of a different character. Maybe. There are a lot of prominent British actors in that movie. But anyway, anyway, we got distracted talking about a better movie. We did. Again. Very easy. Again. This is like our fourth time talking about a better movie. <laughs> um, um, Jordan uh, reveals that they're going to get emancipated now, and Alexandra tells them to live their best life. I don't know what Alexandra's going to do. Alexandra doesn't get, like, a conclusion. No. None I- of them really do. Like... Not really. Not really. Like, what are you going to do when you get to your bigoted parents again? Yeah, like, I guess Veronica gets her story if she even decides to write Oh, yeah, Veronica it. gets her story. Kim, Kim, I guess... Gonna, I guess Kim is happy with herself now, so that's okay. Yeah, and she she never said that, like, her parents would 
she was afraid to tell her parents, but we don't actually her know her parents. Her parents weren't really stance. involved. Yeah, it yeah. was just her own internalized homophobia. Jordan, I guess, gets an ending because uh, they're just going to get emancipated. Emancipated, which they were going to do anyway. That doesn't change anything. And then Alexandra, we get no conclusion for, and probably has like the, the hardest sex. story. Yeah. yeah, has the hardest story to to like look on, and we don't even get a conclusion for it. What is she going to do about her brother? Uh, anyway. It's... Uh, fucking Perfect by Pink starts playing as Jordan uh, basks in the sunlight and that's the, the end of our movie. worst ending. Look, <sighs> I was desperately hoping the second that Jordan was like, he doesn't know who he's fucking dealing with, I was like, oh yes, oh yes. Oh, we're going to get the you're next. We're going to get the ready or not sort of. Mm-hmm. That end scene of ready or not where she's sat on the stairs outside covered head to toe in blood smoking a cigarette smoking a cigarette staring off into the middle distance yes and the cops are like what happened and And she's she's just like like, (laughs) in-laws you get to watch her become a badass through the progression of the movie she part of the reason I love that movie so much is she is allowed to go absolutely feral towards the end when she's screaming at them and her voice is cracking and wobbling because she's completely unhinged yes oh my god that is my sexuality I'm like (laughs) This is a fucked up movie in a lot of ways, but that, uh, yes. Such a good movie. All right, so let's do a quick rundown. Dylan, give me your overalls for this movie. What did you think of it as far as, like, the concept, the cast, the the production value, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Give me your rundown. The casting was great. Everything else fucking sucked. The casting, like, there were no bad actors in this movie. No. Kim was a bit borderline at times. Kim, yeah, I feel like... But apart from that, it was fairly solid as far as cast. A pretty solid. Jordan was amazing. Jordan was amazing. Alexandra, Alexandra was amazing. amazing. Yeah, they were you. all amazing. Veronica was great. I love Veronica. Yeah. Even the villains, the counselors were. I actually did enjoy um, Angie's her actor's performance. Yeah, I didn't. Her motivations and everything made absolutely no sense. Yes, but she was putting her heart into it yeah. towards the end there. even like Kevin Bacon and uh, Cora and Sarah and everything like that and Zane like Zane they, yeah they were all great actors Zane. they just had shit script to work with yeah um, so go, go on then give me, give me your overalls as far as the rest of the movie like I mean, script it was and everything barely written it was full of plot holes it was cheesy it was painful it wasn't satisfying it was milk toast as fuck like, this is why I think that it really was toned down to appeal to the straights. Mm. Because I wanted my queer rage wish fulfillment. Yeah. Because any queer it's person not... watching this is going to put their aggressors onto the counselors, right? Yes. So you want that satisfaction. You want to yes. feel that revenge. Watching, and the other thing as well, okay, watching Angie get that revenge felt weak because we did not witness her torture on screen. No. We witnessed Stu's. If we Stu, witnessed Toby's. If Stu killed Zane or Gabriel or something, I it would have been great. I desperately wanted Kim to kill Sarah. I wanted it with my entire Kim brain. killing Sarah would have been great. Stu killing Zane would have been great. Or Gabriel. 
and then but Jordan killing like, Owen. Theoretically, we know that she went through the same things that they did, but yeah. we didn't see it. We're not personally tied to it like we are with the others. Yeah. So the fact that she got the end kills just makes it so dissatisfying. It's the old show and don't tell. Yeah. They're telling us to feel sympathy for this character, but don't show us any reason exactly. to feel sympathy for this character. Exactly. And then they get their redemption, not redemption arc, they get their revenge arch arc. And we don't feel anything for it. They also balance it out with the stupid, cowardly bullshit of if I do it, it makes me just as bad as them. And like... Yeah. Instead of feeling like it's justified. by the cops. Because it's like... It's like they were trying to balance it out. Like, yes, she's right. And she's justified. But she still hurt people, so she needs to go to jail. Like, yeah. it just doesn't... It's so wishy-washy, and it's not It's not good for us as a community, like an LGBTQ plus community, because we don't get the satisfaction of, like... We don't get any enjoyment from seeing, like... Yeah, like, our gay, our gay rage. It sounds awful. But, like, you know, we don't get to... That's exactly what it is, though. We don't get any compensation like... for the hurt that's been inflicted in this movie. Like, exactly. Stu is tortured. We already don't get compensation for the hurt that's inflicted on us in our day-to-day lives. And this we is just... movies like this to get that. This is just a blue balling. Even, Again. Yeah, it's not even giving uh, us that. Like... All right, so... Give me your personal enjoyment rating for this movie, Dylan. A one being awful and ten being amazing. Where would you scale this on your personal enjoyment? I give it a solid three. A three? That's exactly what I wrote as yeah. well. And it only gets points because of the self-indulgent sex scenes. Yes. Um, I mean, the lube issue was a thing. That was so funny. Was I love so that we both funny. had that note. <laughs> <laughs> because we're adults and we know how this works. Yeah. Like <laughs> We don't live in fairy tale film world. Oh, my God. Um, so that and the fact that I love and adore Jordan and I want to be them so badly. Mm. Uh, yeah, it got a three from me because the cast is doing such an amazing job. Yes. Every actor in this movie is very good. Yeah. It's just the movie's shit. And I'm so upset Everything that it's shit. The, shit. the writing is bad. The directing is bad. The pacing is bad. The symbolism is like punching you in the face most it's of the, the time. It's the most ham-fisted bullshit I've ever seen. Mm. All right, we like, we like to give credit where credit's due in this podcast. So is there a particular character or actor you'd like to give props to? Someone who lifted this movie up for you? I mean, listen, Jordan... Oh, obviously. All the way. Yeah. But what I mentioned earlier, you weren't going to expect this. Okay. Sarah? Okay. The fact that she was so off-puttingly creepy. Yeah, it's true. In a scene that ordinarily could very easily have accidentally actually been hot. You're right, because you said, you said, as a lesbian woman, I was turned off by I this. was repulsed, and I was like, that is impressive. That, that is a good is, performance. Yeah. Like, that's outstanding. Like, the cast is doing a damn good exactly. job. I wanted to give props to uh, Monique Kim, who played Veronica. I just yes. really liked Veronica yes, as a character. Was very good. I thought she was fairly well-rounded and, like... <laughs> You know, came off as like the ang- the angry lesbian at quote the beginning, unquote. Yeah. quote unquote, the angry lesbian, and then like we got more depth to her. She actually developed, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, this is great. But like, I want to give props to everyone. Yeah, the counselors, the the villains, the heroes, the all even the unnamed characters were fu- they were fine. They weren't anywhere. They weren't anything. They may as well have not existed. <laughs> okay. You could literally cut every scene with them out of the movie, and it would not change a thing. <laughs> 
replace them with brooms and it would be the same movie. Exactly. All right, that brings us to the end of our movie. Thank you so much for joining me, Dylan, and thank you so much for suffering through this movie with me. I mean, I suffered, but it was fun to rip it to pieces. It was fun to rip it to pieces. <laughs> uh, and, you know, your first movie was Oculus, which yes, was a great amazing time. amazing So, you know, this is balancing it out. Thanks. All things in balance. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again to our guests, and thank you for listening. Don't forget to leave a rating and review. It really does help people find the podcast. And remember, you can get in on the discussion by sending us an email, cherrypophorror at gmail.com. Okay, I'll let you go. Good night. Sleep tight. Don't let the monsters bite.